Blog Talk Radio. Corruption. Greed. Xenophobia. White supremacy. A nation in the grips of a pandemic. Healthcare resources strained to their limits. An economy on the brink of collapse. And at the helm, a clueless con artist who cares more about his own re-election over saving lives. Join Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left that's right. Live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan and 24-7 at liberaldan.com. We must unite to save this country in spite of this buffoon's ineptitude before it's too late. you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation. It's area code 914-803-4131. That is uh, 914-803-4131. Uh, if you want to uh, join us in the chat room, it's uh, blogtalkradio.com slash liberal Dan. Sign in with your free blog talk radio account, and, uh, <laughs> and you can join us in the chat there with bringing a boy who I confused today. With my intro, I, I wanted to do a callback to last year's uh, COVID-19 show intros that I was using uh, during the pandemic, uh, because, you know, uh, that's that, that was last year's stuff. But I want to do it a throwback just to, uh, I, wanted, I really just wanted to see what that was or how that one went, because I didn't remember how it went, because I've had a couple of show intros at the beginning, and I haven't made a new show intro yet. Uh, so... Um, I'm working on that, trying to think of what I want to do. Do I want to make a new parody uh, for the show intro? Do I want to do something else uh, entirely? I don't know. We will see. Or do I want to just go right into the kind of the wrestling sounding open opening of the show, just cold going into that without any sort of bit or anything like that? You know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what we decide to do. But I figured I was wondering if you would uh, hear that intro and be like, is he dogging on Joe Biden or nope, not dogging on Joe Biden, just picking on the uh, soon to be indicted former President Trump, uh, which should be interesting as that unfolds. Um, again, if you're also, if you're listening after the live broadcast, I want to point out, you could always leave your comments at uh, liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Um, you can always support the podcast. Um, by uh, going and subscribing to my YouTube channel. That is uh, Liberal Dan at YouTube, Liberal Dan Radio. Was it, it YouTube.liberaldan.com or, um, yeah, <laughs> Liberal Dan or YouTube.liberaldan.com or YouTube.com slash Liberal Dan Radio. There we go. That's, that's, that's the ticket. It's been a long, like these last two weeks, have just really been long and frustrating and uh, aggravating. Uh, just lots of just crap 
going on with these past few weeks. I mean, starting off with my dog, obviously, I've talked about that the last couple of episodes. So we've dealt with that. Um, I've had to deal with a harasser. Um, There's that as well. Um, So I'm dealing with that. Uh, I was actually, uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but dealing with that. Uh, Harassment, uh, former friend. Um, dealing with new work stuff, learning stuff at work, um, just everything all combining together into one just has made it so that, you know, I, I thought like during the pandemic last year that the days all kind of were meshing together, but I'm really getting the days all mashing together now because like it's Sunday and I'm like, oh, I should maybe do something for my podcast. And then all of a sudden it's Wednesday. I'm like, oh, I don't have anything for my podcast. I think the days are meshing together for uh, for uh, our friend uh, Amber Rose Petrovich uh, from the Just Money Minute because I don't even have a bit from her today. So this is this is just a bad day for everybody, I, I assume. Um, former con artist, future inmate Trump is only good at ratings. But here's the thing. Here's an interesting thing about uh, con artist, billionaire Donald John Trump. Uh, apparently Bezos, uh, and Amazon are buying MGM, which puts a whole bunch of stuff into Amazon prime and Bezos is is, is well known that Bezos doesn't like Donald Trump at all. And apparently along with all of the stuff that's coming along, uh, that in the Amazon purchase uh, of the MGM Hollywood studio here comes uh, there's apparently a bunch of outtakes and other, uh, other recordings of hair Donald of him being an absolute bigot racist saying every horrible thing that you would expect that he might say everything. Uh, according to Tom Arnold, he seen some of the clips and he used the N word. He called somebody the R word. You know, he's, he's, he's said the C word. See you next Tuesday. Um, let's see the heck. Is, oh, is my audio coming in? Okay. Demonox. I, I just wanted to make sure. Actually, I switched back to the head, headset. Is there a like, so is the headset better than the other microphone that I was using? Cause I know he had said, I kind of sounded flat on the other one, so we'll see. We're, we're using this one this time as long as the internet connection stays up, and if the internet uh, connection connection doesn't stay up, I'll have to switch to the phone again, which you know that, that'll be fun. Um, audio is better now. Good. It just seems weird in my bit. In the bit, it seemed like there was some humming in the background that I couldn't get out to get out that didn't seem to exist with the with the other microphone. So I don't know, maybe I just need to, maybe I just need to shell out a couple hundred bucks for like a really good microphone or, or make a make or make a, make part of my office into a real studio. <laughs> what I need to do is in my, eventually I want to make it so that the kids room, it becomes my office and then the kids get the other two rooms. So they have their own room separately. Um, and then I want to make it so that I can turn their little closet that they have in there into a little studio. And that way I can just have a little studio in there. Maybe we'll see. We'll see what what happens. 
with that. Maybe maybe it'll maybe I'll even get even better audio at that point. We'll see. So bringing a boy and Demonox in the chat. Shout out to Demonox, the first Liberal Dan Radio Patreon. Again, if you want to be a Liberal Dan Radio Patreon, you can go to patreon.com plus Liberal Dan or patreon.liberaldan.com. Either way, I'll get you there. And you can sponsor the show. You can sponsor bits. You can sponsor the studios. It can be like, hey, coming at you from Bringing It Boy Studios. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't that be awesome, Bringing It Boy, if I had to say every week that it was coming at you from Bringing It Boy Studios? Um, that's a very low price that you could pay right there. Um, the wall was doing its job until Joe, Joe Biden stopped it. Again, uh, is this because everyone's calling him backwards, Joe? Is that is that like I heard somebody refer to him as backwards Joe. Um, I still don't know why uh, it's backwards Joe. Yeah, the, the wall. First of all, let, let's talk about the wall. The wall was uh, was supposed to be paid for by Mexico. That was his first one of his first campaign promises that he made. It, it might be the first campaign promise that Donald Trump made was to build a wall and that and to have Mexico pay for it. So Mexico never paid for it. So that's your first lie right there. You know, promises kept, promises failed to be kept. Um, but bringing a boy wants to know what are they going to indict President Trump on? Well, currently it's just state of New York charges. So yeah, state of New York trying to get them on tax fraud. Uh, there's plenty of, plenty of stuff, I'm sure, that's there. Um, and usually they don't, if, if they, I wanted to talk about this a little bit, but I wanted to do a mini cast. I haven't done a mini cast episode in a while, and I wanted to talk about my problems with part of the system of justice. Um, like, you know, things that I think I, I have problems with, like perp walks and, um, victims impact statements in, in sentencing or dif- or the statements from the defendant's family in sentencing um, and grand juries. Like, as far as I know, from what I did a little bit of looking into it today, um, grand juries are, are not used like almost anywhere in the world. It's, it's an antiquated concept. And, you know, in some things they're needed for the federal government and in about a half the state's use them to some extent. Um, but I find that when, when you have the choice to use one or not use one, and like you could bring charges as a AG or a DA, and you choose to instead to go to grand jury route, I find it's, it's probably done just to avoid political backlash for bringing a case instead of just, you know, saying, hey, we think this guy's guilty. Let's bring the case. No, let's let's let the grand jury decide it. So I don't have to have any responsibility if they decide to say yes. Let's bring in the case. Um, it is paid for. The mall was paid for by Mexico. Their tears are paying for it. Tears are not currency. Bringing a boy, and I don't know why exactly you believe that it it caused Mexico tears. I don't know what what makes uh, what makes a uh, and and if and if. If it's like you're getting off on the whole idea of people crying over the fact that you've separated families, then, I mean, that that's morally questionable at that point, I would think. Um, I don't know. Demonox says liberal tears are worth more. I don't know. 
sometimes the, the tears of deplorables can be quite delicious, especially after they lost the election. Because we didn't lose the election. It was stolen from him, even though there's no evidence that it, it was stolen from him. Um, and if, 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 you, if you didn't have to cheat to win elections, you know, that would... Instead of, you know, here's something that I really just would love to, you know, why do you have, why do you have to cheat to win elections? Because you don't have the ideas. They would rather cheat than win on ideas because they don't have any ideas. Because when they, they don't lead, there's no leadership there. It's all, leader Mitch McConnell is going to sit here and, and, and not do anything good for this country because, you know, his most important job is to defeat President Biden at the polls. Um... See, grand jury, grand jury indictments are used for federal prosecution, and it's in the Constitution. So I'm not, but I'm, I'm saying at a state level, at, at the state level, you don't. There, there are many states that don't need grand jury indictments, but but still, you'll have AGs or DAs that still opt to use them. And at that point, I'm like, well, if you didn't need to in, to convene a grand jury, why do it? If there's the evidence is there to can, to, to bring the case forward, bring the case forward. Boom. That gets get it done. Does it make any sense to not to, to waste people's time to do that? But they need. No, but I, I think I've heard something also about the New York grand jury is that if if a prosecutor is going to bring a grand jury, try to get an indictment from a grand jury on criminal charges, that typically they are very successful at doing so. So typically, in those cases, when you have the grand juries in New York. Um, and they are convened. They typically come back with an indictment most of the time. Unnecessary step. Like, you have the evidence. Why present the evidence and then have to present the evidence again in another court hearing? Just say, I believe I have the evidence to win. Um, let a judge do their job if the defense doesn't think that there's adequate evidence to bring a trial to case. You know, have it be like, you know, and my cousin Vinny where uh, they did a pretrial hearing on the evidence and the judge basically says there's enough evidence to bring this to trial. Um, that is what it is. And, and, and you don't have to go through a long rigmarole of, of all that. Um, prosecutor in New York has nothing on Trump sees in search of... We will see, bringing it, boy. I would rather hear your thoughts over the talking points about Trump thing. Well, I mean, part of the part of the process is um, you know, the system, the, this, the system in and of itself has a process that's in place. And I'll probably do more talking about grand juries in when I do the mini cast episode for, uh, that, um, for the other issues of the, of the judicial system, like perp walks and victims impact statements or victim family impact statements and all that other stuff that I think is unnecessary. um, but, you know, so I'll do more of that there. Yeah, Trump charges in New York. So we're going to see what the uh, – uh, apparently Donald Trump is very, very mad <laughs> about the fact that he uh, – that it has now turned into a criminal investigation. Um So I think we're going to have to see what comes out of the grand jury. Um, let's see. For the investigators, my Tristan Snell, the former assistant attorney general in New York's Bureau of Consumer Frauds and Protection, 
cited his early work helping New York investigate and prosecute Trump's business over fraud allegations at Trump University. I mean, you, you want to know about Trump, Trump University, there was fraud there. It was not a real university. And, you know, sort of, Donald Trump has a history of, you know, there's been people who came on, you know, during, before the, during and before the 2016 elections where you had people who were doing business with the Trump organization. And those people would say, um, you know, that Donald Trump would, would sign a contract. The Trump organization would sign a contract with these companies to do contracting work for like Trump Plaza, Trump Tower, Trump the casinos or whatever. So these companies, these, the, the resorts, the, the golf courses, they'd come in, they'd do work for Donald Trump. They'd get it all done. They would receive a bill at the end of it. At the end of it, uh, then Donald Trump would be like, oh, well, we're going to pay you this instead. We don't think we should have to pay you what you are billing us. We think we should pay this instead, forcing them to either go through a lawsuit and deal with the Trump's attorneys or settle and pay a lesser amount. So if that's not fraudulent activity, I don't know what is. I mean, you, you, you sign a deal, unless the, unless the individual did substandard work or did work that needed to be repaired or or did work using materials that were substandard and had to be, there's like a loss there that was caused by somebody pay the, if if you sign a contract and say, I'm going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars to do, to build me a house and you build me a house. And then I go, you know what? I'm only going to pay you $80,000. And you're like, no, I'm going to sue you. Well, I can't do that because I'll lose, I'll lose those love. Look at me and be like, Oh, well, you know, here's the paperwork. You said $100,000, pay the man plus the court costs. Well, Donald Trump has an army of lawyers that can be like, well, this comma was in this place instead of this place, which means a whole different thing. And, and they're going to argue about the placement of a comma, and you're going to drag it out for six months. Meanwhile, the small business or whatever who Donald Trump defrauded or is trying to defraud can't pay their bills, can't pay their employees, can't pay their debts. So they have to just go ahead and say, well, we need to take what we can get, so we'll settle. Uh, if people agreed to the settlement, according to bringing a boy, there is no fraud. That's yeah. If they agree to it, but he's strong arming into the middle. It's still the mindset is criminal. Like even if there's no, the, the mindset of somebody who would do that, you would then have to think, well, this person also is very likely to have defrauded other people as well, just as he did with Trump university. Now I've heard people who, if a liberal did this, they'd be like, that's horrible, that's terrible. If you sign a contract, you should, you should go to the terms of the contract. And I've heard those same people who would be like, oh, that just makes Donald Trump a smart businessman. He's a smart businessman for, for being able to use the system like that. He's a smart bi- – if a Democratic politician had businesses that declared bankruptcy, oh, that's terrible. That's He's a bad business person for his businesses went under. That's bad. That's terrible. And if Democrats saw a Democratic person whose businesses went bankrupt, they probably would also say that's bad. But Donald Trump uses uses bankruptcy to profit himself, take as much money as possible out of the organizations and just let them go belly up. Oh, that's just being a smart businessman because it's in the rules. It's legal. So it's right. But just because something is legal, doesn't mean it's right. Um, signing under duress is not binding. Also, that means it's very likely there are many he didn't convince to sign. 
a DA has no choice when there is no plaintiff. Well, in a criminal case, the plaintiff is the state. In civil cases, the plaintiffs are the uh, the plaintiffs are the individuals. But in a criminal case, it's the state that's bringing the case. Like you know, for example, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna play with that. Demonox probably knows where I'm going with this. I'm not even playing with it. Let's just say. Uh, there are certain things that that if if you make a complaint to the police about, I'll just say it this way: if you make a complaint about a police to, uh, about somebody to the police enough times, it's possible that the police might go ahead and and you know go arrest the person for committing a crime. It's not the person who's making the complaint that causes that that then brings those charges against the individual. It's the state that brings those charges. It's the government entity that would bring those charges. So. Just because people do something unethical doesn't mean it's illegal. Well, true. That is a true statement, bringing a boy. Uh, but it still should be unethical. And you should still look at the person and be like, you know what? That's terrible. That's how you want to run your businesses, which is how Donald Trump wants to run his businesses, clearly, uh, in a fraudulent way. Um, apparently, there was something I heard today. Now, this obviously wouldn't be part of any New York case because I think it was part of Mar-a-Lago, Mer- maybe. But there was an agreement that Donald Trump would develop a certain property into multi-family dwellings or something like that. But then he decided to not do so and benefited from the tax benefits of that anyway. So he ended up, you know, banking a whole bunch of money by lying over how he was going to develop the property into doing so. Um, Let's see. Criminal inquiry based on New York City centers on possible fraud involving banks, insurances, and taxes. So, so here's – I mean, I, I haven't done enough investigation to be like an expert on what the city – what the what state of New York is going to come after uh, Donald Trump for. But there are some uh, situations where Donald Trump was like, okay, we are going to give this value of our properties – uh, to the insurance companies or whatever, so we can have them insured for a lot, um, or or for have it count as assets for investments and and, and capital, uh, so that we can use it to get other loans to go do other things. Um, on the other hand, uh, for taxes, they use a different valuation. So 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 to some people, he's, oh, our properties are worth this much money. Oh, our our properties to tax people. It's only worth <coughs> this much, this much money. So, so apparently, then again, there's eight years of Trump's tax filings and related documents, blah blah. blah. And that's you know, bringing a boy talks about a fishing expedition. Well, no, they needed, they had beliefs that the Trump uh, power and Trump organization did certain things. And they needed to test to show that this is, in fact, what he did. Um, so, again, once the grand jury is convened and comes out and we see the charges uh, that Donald Trump is dealing with, at that point, we'll then see uh, you know, what, all of the potential things that there's going to be accused, going to be accused of, all the counts of whatever it is. So, so it's probably early to be having the conversation over the fact that um, – you know, over the over what it is that he precisely did, but uh, these people are very political and are are very um, 
You know, they're not going to want to bring a hot profile case and lose. That's the thing. They are not going to want to bring a hot profile case and lose in the spotlight because that's going to be an embarrassment for the for the prosecutors because those top the top prosecutor may want to be looking to do other things like maybe be governor or maybe run for senate stuff like that so if and if they if they get an egg on their face because they embarrass themselves in a big public trial of a former president then and they lose they're gonna they're not gonna Look now. I mean, if it goes up to the Supreme Court and his six ju- and, and his, oh, I say his six justices, his three justices plus the other two main conservatives want to help to protect him, then I mean that's not necessarily going to be viewed as an embarrassment. But if he loses on the on the, at the if he wins at the first level, then it's Letitia James is going to have you know egg on her face. So the IRS could have nailed him any time before being president, right? Well, I mean they could have. Um, they were, he was, he, he claims that he was under audit and that's why he never released his taxes. Although there's nothing, I don't think that would have prevented him from releasing his taxes for being under audit, but he claims that he's constantly under audit. So therefore he's not, so they possibly could have been looking into other things, but I mean, while president, they weren't going to bring any charges. Cause again, it, it, it seems to be the idea, um, that you can't indict or you can't, have a criminal trial of a sitting president. Um, I don't believe that's the case. I don't believe if you look at the wording that that's really true. I think that in realist, in real, you can't remove a president without, he might have to serve from jail. I don't know. Or maybe the sentence would have to be changed afterwards, but that's why the indictments probably had to wait till after he left office. Trump has owned those properties for years. So if so, why not go after him after being brought well, I mean, maybe they were starting to, but here's the thing. Just because you owned a property for years doesn't necessarily mean you you operated them fraudulently for years, one. You could operate them fraudulently later because of some other issue. Like there's the issue of, was it Deutsche Bank? Uh, I think Trump owns Deutsche Bank a whole bunch of money, or Trump might own... Um, the Deutsche Bank won't do any more business with Trump. So Deutsche Bank had its issues with Trump, but Trump supposedly owes money to a uh, a bunch of oligarchs. Deutsche Bank will no longer do business with Donald Trump, a move that will cut its business from source of loans that once helped him fund his golf courses and hotels. Germany's biggest bank has decided to refuse business. Um, blah, blah, blah. Spokesperson declined a comment, citing a prohibition on discussing potential client relationships. Um... And then this is this is because of the of the insurrection at the Capitol why he won't uh, why they won't do business with him. But but he apparently you know if he owes money to Russian oligarchs or whatever um, whoever he might owe money to um, Trump money Russian oligarchs. I know that's something that I've seen before. We're gonna check it out. How Russian money helps save Trump's business. No U.S. bank would touch him. Then foreign money began flowing in. In the fall of 1992, after he cut a deal with U.S. banks to work off nearly a billion dollars in personal debt, Donald Trump put on a big gala for himself in Atlantic City. Blah, blah, blah. Then Tony said, in truth, Trump was all but finished as a major real estate developer. Um, in the early 90s, he had, he had burned through his father's fortune 
with reckless business decisions, blah, the rest of the 90s, uh, launched little in the way of major new business ventures, blah, blah, blah. Trump made a comeback. Uh, a glowing body of evidence amassed by news organizations is, um, that uh, has appeared to confirm after the Trump organization was prospering in, the Russians pretty much made a, made a, a pretty disproportionate cross-section of our assets. Um, yeah, Trump's bit. Also, Trump's businesses own money. So, but still, if Trump's businesses own money, and he wants to keep those businesses up and afloat, then he's going to still, you know, if you owe money to Russian oligarchs, right, and the the businesses owe that money, or the businesses own that owe that money to Russian oligarchs, and Trump goes, well, I'm just going to declare bankruptcy with my businesses because I can't pay off these loans. Do you think the Russian oligarchs are going to be happy about that? Do you think the Russian oligarchs will be like, okay, you know, we don't have a problem with this. You can just declare bankruptcy. No problem. Do you think the Russian oligarchs would, would just sit there and not do anything about that? The Russian oligarchs will be like, we take your children behind woodsheds. We teach you lessons. Justice had four years to bring a case. Justice was ran by Trump lackeys. The, the Trump government was, he put in people who would be friendly to him. He didn't put in people that would be, that would be, you know, it, you didn't have an independent justice department during the Donald Trump administration. The justice department answered to Trump. Why do you think Barr wasn't the the first? I mean, was it, it was uh, Jeff Sessions that was the first AG, who then recused himself during the in, initial investigations with the Mueller report, and which pissed Trump off, which is why he replaced him with somebody else. So the idea that that the Justice Department would do anything, you know, about Trump is ridiculous. You don't. I, I believe that if Biden did something wrong that under that you would have a justice department under Biden that would act independently because that's how Biden views government the view Biden rules Donald Trump viewed the attorney general as his personal as the president's attorney that's how he viewed Barr Biden views the attorney general as the people's attorney so that if Joe Biden did something wrong, it would be the responsibility of the uh, to, of, to investigate it. Of um, what's his face? <laughs> it's not Gorsuch. It's uh, ah, blanking on Attorney General's name. So you seem to have created imaginary scenarios about Trump because there's nothing there. Yeah, the New York prosecutor began the investigation while Trump was president, but couldn't do anything while Trump was president. Why? Because he was president. Then you can't remove a president from office except for by impeachment. At least that's the that's the current legal theory that a lot of people have. So they, but they were, and they were, and the uh, prosecutor in New York also was having to fight to get the tax returns because the Trump administration. Including Barr, because again, Donald Trump is using the attorney general as his own personal attorney 
was trying to make the argument that the president should not have to release his taxes, which should not have been an argument, should have have been never been anything that Barr even touched. Because again, he's not Trump's attorney, he's the nation's attorney. Trump should have had his own legal staff making those arguments in court as to whether or not his tax documents could be viewed. And eventually it was ruled that the tax documents could be viewed, despite who Trump named the court. No, freaking point. She was not looking for a crime. She was looking to add evidence to to the crimes that she already believed were happening. So you don't start in, you don't start like okay, let me let me just look at everything and see what I can find. No, there's got to be something concrete there at first, because Supreme Court, with a six three conservative majority, was not going to let them have the tax papers his tax documents based on uh, the attorney general going, well, we think something is there, but we really don't know. That's why we want to look at the tax documents because we want to, we want to build our case just from that. No, they built their case from other witnesses and other evidence, (coughs) but they do probably need the tax documents to corroborate that other, those other evidence that's there. It's not a fishing expedition to get corroborating evidence. It's like, you have a completely wrong definition of, okay, she has a tax doc. Now what? Now that she has a tax doc, she brought it to a grand jury so that they could look at the evidence and say, these are the crimes that we believe that Donald Trump should be indicted on. That's now what? It's like, one of my biggest problems, a lot of conservatives, I'm being careful, a lot of conservatives think things work in a way that they don't work. Like they think things work a certain way. Like switching to COVID for a second. A lot of conservative arguments that I made that that have been made as to why they don't listen to Fauci, as to why they don't listen to the CDC, as to why they don't listen to the experts that are in government. And I would understand if they just said these are government officials, I don't trust any of them. If they just left it at that, I'd be like, well, you're still wrong, but it's consistent, and it's not anti. It's not necessarily anti. Well, it might still be anti-science, but it's not a complete failure in, in, in education when it comes to science and how science works. But when they go, oh, well, Fauci changed his mind so many times, I can't believe him. But that's how science works. Science works. But with a process, and, and, and if you, get, you collect data and you make observations on that data, and if, and if additional data comes in that makes you have to change those observations, then that's what scientists will do. So, but according to many conservatives, they'll be like, well, that just means that they're lying. No, it doesn't mean that they're lying. It means that they're following the scientific method, just like with this, you know, just because she, she – the person asking for a doc, tax doc is because, according to you, bringing boy, and I'm sure other conservatives out there, you're, they're fishing for a crime. Donald Trump says the reason they want these documents is because they're fishing for a crime. No, the reason they want their documents is because they've already, they already have the fish on the line. They just need more help to reel it in. But there's a bite there. If there wasn't a bite there, they wouldn't be tugging on the line. They would just recast it something else to some other individual but the evidence already exists to bring the case 
to ask for the tax documents. So the evidence, but then you need more evidence because in order to convict on a criminal charge, you need more than just reasonable doubt. No, you need more than just the, you need more than um, 50% plus one. You need more than just, you know, more likely than not. You need to beyond, you need beyond reasonable doubt. So you need to get enough evidence, but, you, but in order to get those tax documents, you have to prove that there's a reason to get them. So that's what the fart was for, because they had to then show, look, we have this other information that says that, you know, that this information could be right or could be wrong, but we need to corroborate it with this information in the tax documents. So that's why you do that. It's just kind of like, you know, when you have a warrant, you know, you have a warrant to, to go see somebody's property or to, to, to look for the house, look through the house to find evidence and so you're not going to say, you're not going to tell a judge, I, I think that person might be guilty of a crime, so therefore I want to go search the house to find what crimes they might be guilty of. No. The person is, we're going to say, we have this evidence already that shows that this person may have been involved in this crime. And we believe that the evidence to corroborate that claim is in the house. So what we're going to do is we're going, we want to be able to search the house to get this uh, to get this additional information that we believe is there. So, hello, judge. Can we have a warrant to search for the, the property for this house? So the judge will say, yes, you may search this, this, this areas of the house. You may not search the garage. You can search the garage. You can't search. It'll tell you what you can search for, what you can't search for, what's under the warrant, what's not under the warrant. And then, okay, okay, we're going to take a warrant. We knock on the door. Or in some cases, they do a no-knock warrant because, you know, well, that's what happens. And then you search the house and you try and find the, you try and find the, uh, you know, the, the evidence that you believe will corroborate it. But you already ha- you're starting from a point where you already have to have proved that you already have to have proved that there's, there's some evidence there that, that justifies going into the house. Now, there's the recent case. It was, and it's shocking that this recent case happened because guess what? It was a nine nothing ruling that the Supreme Court ruled on. And what did they say? They said that um, I think they had asked for the police did not ask for a warrant. Um, they they the, 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 there was like a, a dispute, a domestic dispute, and they asked and they asked the guy to go seek a therapist or something, and the guy says, okay, I'll go. You know, I'll go get checked out. That's fine. But don't take my guns. As long as you don't take my guns, I'll do this willingly. And they go, okay. And then what happened? They went and took his guns without a warrant. So the Supreme Court, 9 nothing, from Sotomayor to Thomas and everyone in between, said, nope. The police acted improperly. They did not have the authority to take this weapon from this individual. Uh, now, a lot of conservatives are trying to use it as, as a Second Amendment win. It's really a Fourth Amendment win. Um, but yeah, you, don't, you can't just get – just like you can't just take the person's gun without probable cause, without a warrant, without the judge signing off on it. You can't take the tax documents without the judge signing off on it either. So the judges finally signed off on it, and now they, they have the tax forms. We – let's see. Oh, Lord. <laughs> what? 
Oh, you mean like the warrant for Hillary's devices that she smashed with a hammer? Um, is there actually evidence that you know, – was there evidence that the devices were smashed with a hammer? And I, I, I'm led to believe that you can do a lot of damage to a, to a hard drive. But smashing a hard drive with a hammer is not going to stop the FBI or the digital forensics teams of the federal government getting the information off of, off of the hard drive. So th- there's many ways to bring back that. I mean, I've, I've done it on a very, very, very small scale. Like when I was in college, we used WinHex and I was able to, you know, we had a corrupted hard, we had a, a, a quote corrupted disc and I was able to use WinHex to get information off that disc to rebuild a, uh, to rebuild a uh, image uh, um, from a, uh, from a uh, person who was selling mutant animals. It was a fun little assignment, but you used, you know, use forensic tools to be able to uncorrupt something that was already corrupted. So, um, uh, but one other thing, you know, oh, the Russian hoax, the Russian hoax, the Russian hoax is what Donald Trump always talked about. Well, you know, Donald Trump was on television during the campaign begging for Russia to help find Hillary's emails. He begged Russia, if you can find them, I'm sure you'll be rewarded greatly, is what Donald Trump said. But no, he didn't ask the Russians for help at all. We have, I believe, our caller. Hey, what's going on? Hello. Hello, Hello what's going on? <laughs> it's Mrs. Boyd. I'm I know. <laughs> the clearly better half. How are you? <laughs> clearly. Oh, well, I mean, thank you. so um there's a lot to unpack there in that conversation in the in the chat room um and the whole probable cause and and as far as the courts go the supreme court granting the new york prosecutor um her request for those irs documents well, that's fine. That's dandy. I mean, they're only going upon what the prosecutor or whoever brings before the court for their argument as to their probable cause or reasoning for, for you know, wanting those documents. And as we know, um, we had an FBI agent, you know, who actually had altered documents in order for uh, FISA warrant to be requested and then later granted because all the FISA court had to do or go by was what was entered into the um, the warrant and the request. Right. And so okay. then later finding out, hey, you guys lied to me, not only once, but three times. And then the one guy that did the, XBI, the ex-FBI lawyer um, who pled guilty to uh, doctoring those emails um, in the Russia probe, <clears throat> um, you know, got prosecuted. So, and I know he wasn't the only one, but, you know, but do we believe – are we going to now believe that everybody who's coming forward with this is, is somehow committing a crime, right? Are we, are we assuming that everybody who is, everybody who is going to be trying to get uh, the, a court to write off on the, uh, either on a warrant or on you know, allowing, to be, allowing to see IRS documents or whatever, are we going to believe that every single one of them is lying just because one of them did? No, not at all. I'm just saying that it is possible for that to occur. I'm not saying that everybody does it. 
in order right. to get a warrant or a FISA, um, FISA warrant. I'm just saying it's possible, and not only that, but okay, so when he, before he became president. But, but is it, prob- when but, but is it probable? Do we think it's probable, especially in the case where like a FISA court is a little more secretive is, than what's going on with, you know, the process that's been gone from, I guess, the lower courts all the way up to the Supreme Court with the request to see Trump's tax document. So do we think it's probable that there, there was lying done or manipulation done um, in order to get access to that, especially be seeing that since it's not a secretive FISA court, that there's, there's much, it's much harder to hide all of those things that you're trying to say as, as compared to somebody who might be going to a FISA court and, say, and, and not having to have that level of um, transparency that you, that you might have in, in non-FISA cases. Okay, so so you have to have more transparency. You have to really prove your case unless you have something like um, an altered document to to let the court, you know, go ahead and you know give, grant you your investigation, your secret investigation. But all I'm saying is that okay, so as a candidate for president, you have to disclose all your financials, and you will find more in those financials which are public than you would in tax documents. You know what tax documents look like. And they're not going to be able to really find out anything except for amounts of money when you can actually look at the public record of where all his financials were and the people that he actually did business with. Because on your tax reforms, you don't put the company's names that you do business with. You just put the numbers down of the, of the um, capital gains and, and, you know, income and tax. And um, if you had any employees, that um, uh, information as well. So, as far as the tax documents, it's more of a show. Oh, I'm going after Trump for his tax documents. I know he doesn't want to release them, so I'm going to take it all the way to the Supreme Court, and they're going to grant them to me and make a big stink about it. Ooh, today the Supreme Court granted so-and-so, top prosecutor from New York, Trump's IRS tax reports from or tax records from blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, and? But I mean, isn't, find the out fin- isn't, the, isn't the financial disclosure much more general, much more generic? Than, 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 than what might be in a tax document? A uh, tax document, again, you know what a tax document looks like. It just has numbers on it. But his financials for that he had to disclose are much more detailed. Let me see if I can get a copy of that and put it in the chat room. Well, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at one of them right now. So, like, you have – you list values and, and ranges of stuff. Like, like there's, there's not specific numbers of, of what you get. Like – um on part two filers employment assets and income uh dubai golf manager llc um value none or less than one thousand dollars management fees po- income amount three hundred thirty five thousand dollars i guess this is probably income coming into trump's uh trump's organization not trump himself i would probably say um which is probably one of the reasons why it's been so difficult because you get ranges of the numbers and not actual figures where we, we couldn't see, for example, the specific amounts of money uh, that the Trump organ that uh, Mar-a-Lago was charging um, the U S government for secret service to stay at his place. Cause everyone used to talk about how uh, Donald Trump was not receiving an income, but Donald Trump uh, received lots of income or his, his organizations received, lots of income when he uh 
when he uh, when every time the U.S. government stayed at any of his resorts, and he didn't do it for free. He didn't let them stay there for free, so he was profiting <laughs> off of. Which is one of the reasons why people why I never understood why they didn't go after him on the emoluments clause, because clearly that should be an under the emoluments clause because he was clearly profiting from being president by by staying at his own resorts and having Secret Service staying at his own resorts. But that's not the topic of the of the New York investigation, nor is was that the topic of the impeachment. It would be interesting to see if. Uh, the AG would 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 then want to go after him for violating the emoluments clause, but I don't know. I, I don't know if they would be willing to go there, which is unfortunate because I would like to see. Because there there should be a rule that if you own a property as president, that the U.S. government shouldn't be able you shouldn't be able to allow the U.S. government to then pay you. You know, to pay the companies that you own money. I mean, can we agree on on that? Say that again. That if 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 somebody if if somebody's pre- like Donald Trump is president, and he was having everybody staying at his own uh, at his hotels like at Mar-a-Lago at his other resorts, people they they were mm-hmm. staying. He was directing people. You know, even, I think even when they, he's not there, he was still directing people. Like there was a time when he had uh, some I think the Navy or whatever some some Navy plane or whatever some business that was going on there. They instead of landing at one airport in Scotland. They landed at a different airport in Scotland because it was closest to his own resort. So therefore, they would have to stay at his resort or they could stay at his resort. And therefore, he would get more money from the government. So can, can, can we agree that, you know, pretend, you know, that there should be a rule, even if there may, even if the emoluments clause doesn't cover that, there should be a rule that no president should be able to um, force uh no government should be able no no president should be able to say hey go stay at my resort that they should have to stay at other people's resorts and not their own right okay so like and to me like it it just kind of proves it just kind of proves that he was back when he was running i said or even maybe it was when he's run, ran that or when he won that you know he's trying he's going to lift up the couch and shake all the change and try and get all the chains out the couch cushions for himself or where he was going to try and you know profit from his presidency and i i think i would be interested to see i would be interested to see how much profit his business has made by him and the during the four years (laughs) he was president and those finances are available too, but yeah, he lost money uh, while he was president. And, he personally uh, or his businesses? Huh? He personally or his businesses? His businesses. Okay, and and would he did did how much did how much of the loss how much would have been more loss had he not offset it with people staying at his property? Well, how oh, did he do thing. that if he, he he at the end of his four years? He lost, He ended up losing money if he offset it if by he was, people if staying he was there. Gonna lose, if he was going to lose a million dollars over those four years, otherwise, but then only lost five hundred thousand dollars because he was able to have U.S. government people staying at his resorts, that's still him getting a benefit of five hundred thousand dollars because he's president. 
You see what I'm saying? Right. Like but he shouldn't be he able he shouldn't him. be able to he shouldn't be able to profit from it, but he also shouldn't be able to offset loss because he's president either. If he came into the presidency being worth a certain amount of money because of his assets, which um, is in the chat room, I put a link to it, and those are the assets that he came in with during the 2015 presidency. And those are the tax returns and 2015 and back that New York is looking at. But nevertheless, um, if he came out of his presidency at the end of four years um, being worth less than what he was worth when he what, before he went in, since there was no, <laughs> I my point is that he or not, he still lost money. My point is that let's say he was worth a billion dollars before he came in, and let's say he was worth eight hundred thousand, or let's say he was worth five hundred million when he came out. But let's say um, he would have been worth three hundred million when he came out had he not been able to do what he did as president in. Uh, Bringing, having the government stay at his, at his resort. So you could, so if, if it made him lose less money, he still benefited from it. He still had a financial benefit from it. That's what I'm saying. Is that uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, so, so you're saying that he charged the government about the, the billion dollars that he lost. Well, no, no, no I'm not saying that. I'm you saying know. that, I'm saying that if he lost, if he, let's, let's say he gained value. Let's say the, there's a certain amount of money that his businesses may or may not make based off of normal business operations during the course of a year, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so let's and let's say his let's say his and and we would say let's say his if he did let's let's say his business was generally profitable. Um, let's say his and just because the business has lost money, well, let me let, let me remind everybody something. Just because his business has lost money, it doesn't mean that he didn't benefit from it. You could have businesses go bankrupt and you make bank. If we remember what happened with, with, with Bain Capital and Mitt Romney and KB Toys. Sure. Bain, right. So Bain Capital bought KB Toys for like $20 million or something in a leveraged buyout that allowed Bain Capital to use KB Toys' own assets as, 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 as leverage for the loan. So then they cashed out, got a whole bunch of money out of it, and then just said, okay, KB Toys is going to go away now. And there was nobody left on the, the, all the, all of their, all of their creditors, all the people that needed them to get the money, their own money from KB Toys were like, sorry, there's no value in, in KB Toys left. So KB Toys lost a whole ton of money while being run by Bain Capital. That doesn't mean that, but Bain Capital still made a crap ton of money off the deal. So, so, so Trump, the Trump organization in and of itself, can lose a bunch of money and that could still benefit the people who own the Trump organization because they could still cash out that money. Like, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? So, so, so just because the business lost money, it doesn't mean that the people who are running the business or who own the business aren't profiting from the business either. Furthermore, if a business being run properly and still, let's say, let's say that business lo- would have lost under normal circumstances $500,000. But because the people running the, the people who running the business are related to the president and the person who owns the business is the president of the United States and the president of the United States goes, well, 
we're losing money with this business. So we're going to make sure that everybody that who can is going to stay at a Trump resort. They're going to stay at Mar-a-Lago. They're going to stay at um, the place in Jersey or the place in Scotland or all the other Trump resorts that are out there. So instead of losing the 500,000, instead of losing, just hypothetically, instead of losing the $500,000, they only lose $250,000. That's $250,000 in benefit that they got only because he was president and able to move money from the U.S. Treasury into his own business's bank accounts. So that in and of itself should be not allowed because he should not be able to use the business to benefit himself financially or benefit his businesses financially and benefiting and benefiting his businesses financially still could happen. Even if the businesses took an overall loss, if the loss wasn't as big as it would have been, had he not been president. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and actually, if you read the emollients clause, it's very clear as to what benefits as far as if it was a reciprocal here, I'm giving you this and you're giving me that, that he would be benefiting that way as far as emollients through his personal business, like he said, but he didn't receive anything from those people, uh, whoever has stayed because they were, you know, our people, our secret service and stuff. But let me just say this, as far as the scope of his of everything that involves Trump. It's not just his hotel because you got to figure the assets and, you know, as far as what he had um, that wasn't just buildings and everything, he had licensing as well. And the licensing of his name is major, um, the properties that he had says they suffered declines in value. And if he would have sold everything on day one that he became president, that by the time he came out at the end of four years, um, he actually would have, uh, leaving him more than $1 billion worse off after four years in the White House, it says. Um, so when he had his fortune that was, I guess, what, 3.5, and he came out at 2.4, um, no, a million, it's not a billion, he's actually, no, billion, you're right, okay, sorry. Um, so anyway, I'll, because of the COVID and everything and the buildings that he did own, those all suffered as far as decline um, in their net value. And so when you take a person's wealth, it's not just based on, um, you know, one specific aspect of how they make money. This was overall sure. everything. But what I, but I would so, say, yes, COVID, I'm sure lots of people suffered under COVID. Clearly, lots of people suffered under COVID. But what I'm saying is that because he was still able to funnel people to his businesses, that it's quite possible that he didn't lose as much money as he would have because he was able to say, okay, we're Secret Service, we're staying in Mar-a-Lago. Now the federal government gets to pay us a whole bunch of money because the Secret Service is staying at Mar-a-Lago. I think they're still getting a lot of money because, what was it? Um, Secret Service. You have somebody, somebody else on the hold. I need to get Charge. I read that. I guess if he, sorry. I, I, I'm sorry, my, um, it was if he sold everything on day one, paid the maximum uh, capital gains taxes on the sales, then pro, put the proceeds into a conflict-free fund tracking the S&P, Trump would have ended his presidency at an estimated 1.6 billion richer um, to, when he walked out, uh, but he didn't do that. So actually, he. Well, well. <laughs> he but we, but actually, if if, if 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 Donald Trump would have done that with the money that he got from his father, from Fred Trump, he also mm-hmm. would have made more money over the course of his career just putting it in hedge funds than had he 
gone into trying to do all this real investment. Nobody ever said that he's a good businessman. He's a terrible businessman. I, th- I think that's established. I think it's been established that he's a horrible businessman. But he's terrible. I wouldn't say horrible, but, but he has he's he's not perfect. But yeah, he's he, um, he's not, he's not the, goes, but he's not terrible. His, Otherwise, he wouldn't his, have what he has. Well, he his value would have been better had he just invested in the stock market, but he didn't. He he tried to do his own thing, and either he cashed out his businesses and and made and made money off of by defrauding and other people, or he's just that bad of a business person, and all of them went bankrupt. Either way, he's either a shady business person or he's a bad business person, and he's probably a little bit of column A and column B. Let me put you on hold a second. Let's get to the caller, the other caller. Hello. Oh, I bet you have no idea who this is. No clue whatsoever who this is going to be. I would have said, and now we're going to Demonox, even though I don't know what his phone number is really, but I was figuring it was going to be Demonox. So, yeah, no, 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 no. So now okay, we have, now so, we have um, two-thirds of Ultron because, you know, well, Don's dealing with his crap. Uh, yes. <laughs> he just can't catch a break, man. I mean, first no. y'all gave him COVID and, oh, my God, man. Um, so the funny thing is, uh, and, and I've been throwing this through the chat as well. A lot of his, uh, so he had a lot of losses because his name lost value because the people living in his property were trying to flee like crazy. They're like, who is this psycho person president? So they went <laughs> to leave his buildings. And when he, when they do that, his value declines. But that doesn't mean he's still not committing crimes while losing money. Right. Um, the the other thing about businesses losing money is, uh, and the whole thing about, okay, we'll look at his finances and records. If I gave you all of my money and your name was uh, Dancor, I could just say, hey, I gave my money to Dancor. Now, it doesn't matter if Dancor is then the one who's committing extortion and all this stuff. So Dancor is basically the equivalent of uh, his fixers. So it looks good on paper. So when you have a a, uh, an initial look at his finances. Yeah, there's there's nothing illegal in quotations going on, but that's how they brought down Al Capone. That's how they brought down so many criminals in the past. That's how they brought down Nixon. It wasn't what they did. It was when they got caught in all their lives. It was all the stuff happening behind the scenes, not what you're seeing on paper. So it's the fact the that he's losing money. They always nail everybody yeah. on obstruction of justice. They never get like like a lot of times it's they they hide they hide the stuff good, but it's the fact that they but but they they were caught hiding the stuff. <laughs> yeah, like Matt Gates is uh Matt Gates didn't buy a underage prostitute technically, but he gave somebody else money to do that for him, and that's that's still a crime. It just takes longer to find, and and you know they get to follow the Allegedly. trail. So, <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So so Trump allegedly did not commit crimes with his money, allegedly, but the investigation is following the trail. And the reason why the investigation couldn't take place during four years, uh, as as bringing it boy keeps saying, is because well, I mean, he had control of the Justice Department. They're not going to investigate themselves. That's just crazy pants. Um, but there's a ton of stuff they could get him for. I mean, he's got all those sexual assault claims. He's got like the the racial discrimination claims where he, you know, he refused to hire people of certain colors. And not paying your lawyers is not just illegal not to pay someone. It's also really, really stupid not to pay your own lawyer. Right. 
that she's done. Very stupid not so, paid her yeah. off. Yeah, because your lawyer is going to come after you at that point and be like, "Look, I'm coming after you." And I don't know at what point. Uh, yeah. If you don't, if you don't pay your lawyer. Does 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 what? Then I wonder what the lawyer can come after you and what the lawyer can say about what you've told them and being privileged information. I wonder does that goal go out the window if you haven't paid? I'm not sure. I guess it depends on how you have it written down. We've we've all seen that 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 those scenes in the movie where where the person's like, "Give me a twenty dollar bill," and, and okay, here's a twenty dollar. I'm now your attorney. You've retained me. Now everything that you say to me is privileged. Like we've seen that, and I don't know if uh, the legal eagle guy has covered that uh, in any of his. Video in a way, series. that's why everything he says has hashtag not legal advice because the mere right. act of giving legal advice, while not specifically implicitly a contract, you can then basically be cited as the person's lawyer or legal counsel. Like you've just volunteered yourself as their legal counsel. Congratulations. Right. It, it's which messed is why up. Every, which which then, is why every time every time there's 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 financial advice given by Amber Rose, uh, I'm like, Liberal Band Radio is not a financial show. Please contact your own personal exactly. advisor to make the you know, just to cover my own buns when it comes to that. And then she still yeah. hasn't oh. so <laughs> And then the other, the um, the other reason why Trump has quote lost money unquote was because, and this ties directly into a crime. And in fact, it's more evidence of a crime than it is a, than it's evidence against a crime. His claims of value of what he actually owned was heavily audited because before he was running for president, that you know, okay, here's just a celebrity guy. Sure, he's got a lot of money, but you know, standard attention. Now he's president, right. and now he's got the world like looking at him. They realized, wait a minute, you don't have this much money. This was a lie. This was a lie. This was a lie. And that becomes illegal when you're using those financial documents to then secure loans. And all, now you're committing bank fraud and insurance fraud because your assets are valued deliberately differently. So he lost money because they realized he was falsely inflating stuff, which also kind of implicates him in the crime of lying to his banks. Right. Now, so just, like, just I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave Jim Knox. We're gonna, it's gonna be Jim Knox for a little bit. But bringing a boy, if your better half does want to chime in, just add it in a chat. Hey, she has something else to say, and and I'll and I'll bring her back on. So I wanted wanted to bring Trump bills Secret Service forty thousand dollars in Mar-a-Lago since leaving office. Records obtained by Washington Post show <coughs> agency paid three hundred ninety six dollars and fifteen cents every night since January twentieth until at least April 30th. So um, however long, no, no, what, he stayed in Mar-a-Lago a lot during the presidency as well. Um, so we, we know that, you know, the secret, and, and I'm sure the Secret Service detail was probably even bigger when he was president versus when he's not president. So, so 398 per room times how many rooms um, will determine, you know, that, that, that's just more money that he was able to funnel uh, from from the U.S. Treasury into his own business's coffers. And that, to me, like, that should have been like, you know, if I was a millionaire, billionaire, and I was, and I was running, and I became president, I would be like, look, it's shady for me to stay at my own places. So we're not going to stay at my own places. We're not going to want to give the, uh, even the appearance of impropriety. Because that's the way I would want to roll. Now, clearly Donald Trump doesn't feel that anything touches him, so he doesn't worry about that because he thinks he's untouchable. He he believed that 
Um, he's immune because he was president when it came to things done during his presidency. So how much did Trump stay at Mar-a-Lago during presidency? And if this is an easy thing to search, how many days did he spend at Mar-a-Lago? That's the... It's February 5th, 2019. Uh, Trump trips to Florida, costing taxpayers millions. Uh, remember all the time that Donald Trump talks about um, Barack Obama and golf? Yeah, I was actually just looking that up. He's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at like an old article where it was 56 rounds to Obama's 37. Then it was yeah. like 98 rounds. Like, so it's by the end of May of 2020, he spent 266 days of his first term on a golf club. Nice. That's almost um, a year. Right. So so a year out of his four years was spent golfing. Um, yeah. Four trips to Mar-a-Lago. Which I would do on, myself, but that's why I'm not allowed to be president. Right. Four trips in early on in Trump's presidency cost $13.6 million or $3.4 million each trip. Now, that doesn't mean that the entirety of the $13.6 million went to the Trump organization. I'm sure some of that is fuel costs. Uh, so you know, to, to fuel up Air Force One, to other the supplies, other you know things that, that have to be done in any trip that a president would take. Um, so the report also found that Secret Service spent four hundred thousand dollars protecting Trump's sons Donald Jr. and Eric on trips they took in January, February, twenty seventeen. Um, the cost of Trump's visits to Florida were calculated based on trips in February of March of that year. Um, but, uh, here's the PDF. I don't know if it actually has it knocked down. Do, 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 do. Cost for president's travel. $10.6 million for operating costs and $3.3 million in temporary duty costs. Um, DOS, DHS incurred the majority of these costs, about $8.5 and $5.1 million respectively. Uh, these figures do not include certain classified cost information, um, nor do they include the salaries and benefits of personnel that are traveling. So it doesn't, it's not including the salary, because I'm sure they'd still be paid the same salary if they, if they were twiddling their thumbs at the White House or not. Um, we've identified about $60,000 in expenses paid to Mar-a-Lago for these four trips. There you go. DOD lodging expenses of $24,000. Uh, were within the GSA limits of 300% of the per diem rate. DHS expenses were about 36000 um, for operational purposes. Um, so, yeah, $60,000 uh, for those four trips or $15,000 a trip that went into Mar-a-Lago for just those four trips in the first, let's see, in, in the first, what, four months of his, of his presidency? That, 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 that's a pretty penny yeah. that he's getting yeah. into their that he's getting into their coffers. Um, let's see, Demon Knox, it's stupid to not pay anyone you owe. No, but that, it, it's stupid to not pay anybody you know, except for the fact that Donald Trump is known to have done it and get away with it because he has lawyer. He had lawyers that would that would fight them paying what they would owe, and instead, and basically saying, look. You're, you as a business are either going to incur X amount of money uh, 
paying legal fees to try and get this money back, or you can just settle for this amount and not incur those legal fees. And what business who needs the operating income to run is going to say, I'm going to fight you on this because I think I'll get back that plus my legal fees, especially against the billionaire's lawyers, because the billionaires tend to get the best lawyers. It's one of the inequities of the system. Um, He says, Donald John Trump is not the first person to not pay somebody that they owe. But that's the thing is is that we should have expected better uh, from our president. And uh, unfortunately, when people would bring up his bad and shady business uh, dealings um, as prior to being president, uh, Donald Trump supporters would be like, oh, that just means he's a smart businessman. So, And not paying is one thing, but not paying can also be illegal if you're an employer. It can eventually become a crime. Right. I mean, a lot of and these cases, I'm, he, sure he, I'm, sure the, I'm sure these people were contractors, and they're very specific to say yeah. they're contractors. And I put, but I, I would even say that if, it, if, if, if you say you're going to pay somebody for services and you don't, that, that's still fraud. You know, and, Definitely. And, and as, as I th- you said in the chat, that even, even if you accepted the payment, you know, as accepted the settlement, it doesn't mean you weren't coerced or forced into doing so. You know, it, 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 you can't, if somebody is like, look, you know, you're either going to pay, you're either going to lose 30000 off the amount of money that I paid you, or you're going to pay $60,000 to, to buy, pay a lawyer to maybe get what we originally said. And you'll be like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to lose just 30 then because, well, you know, it's better for me to lose 30 than lose 60. People over barrels and has their way with them, metaphorically speaking. And then you don't have money anymore. Right. And, I mean, eventually, at some point, you're going to reach a point where the businesses are no longer going to want to do business with you because eventually you're going to get to that point where it's like, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to work for him because too many people have told me that when they work for Donald Trump, they don't get paid the amount of money. Or if you're a smart business person, you know, maybe you say, okay, well, I know Donald Trump is going to try and get me for, you know, half of the cost. So I'm going to charge him double and see if I can get away with it. Um, so basically put, incorporate into your bid for work the, the loss that you anticipate losing because Donald Trump's a shady business person. But even that, that's why the banks no longer do business with him anymore. That's why he had to go to other places to get money because he couldn't get money at U.S. banks because U.S. banks were tired of his crap. You can only you can only have a business declare bankruptcy so much before a bank is like, you know what, it's not worth it to us to loan you any money. Although it is really weird that if you do like I, I know after bankruptcy, like you'll get you'll get tons of credit cards in the mail, like credit card offers. Not necessarily the best ones, but you'll get tons of credit card offers in the mail because now your old credit cards are gone and you need, you're going to want to build up credit. So they're, they're going to be like, Ooh, let's send this person a credit card and they're going to, they're going to want to use it to build up their credit. We can give them like a ridiculous fees and, and the 26% APR and other stuff like that. And, and they know. know that you can only claim bankruptcy X amount of times every X amount of years as well. So like you're right. trapped. If you accept it, then you're, you're up the creek without a paddle. Right. But an individual. Well, they're not technically many, illegal, but terrible. Right. And, and, and I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how many times people who try to claim bankruptcy are told that they can't. Like, I don't know how many times. 
because you usually have a lawyer doing it for you. You usually have, you know, somebody who's an expert in doing it. And that person, that lawyer is probably going to say, you don't have what it takes to declare bankruptcy. Or so they're probably not even going to bring in the case. Just like a lot of times people say, like, when, when, a, when a New York attorney general brings, tries to bring up a grand jury, usually it results in a conviction because the New York grand, New York attorney general is not going to want to bring forward a grand jury um, if when they don't, they don't think they're going to win. Um, like just, so an attorney for in a bankruptcy case is probably not going to want to um, take somebody that's not going to be able to effectively declare bankruptcy, especially if they're known as a bankruptcy lawyer, because then they're not going to get new clients from this individual who's like, yeah, this person helped me declare bankruptcy. You should use them too. You know, so there's that. Um, where was I coming with this? <laughs> I completely, but yeah, I'm wondering how many times, I'm wondering how many times individuals are, who do get attorneys, who do have lawyers who think, yes, this is a legitimate bankruptcy case, who then get told, nope, this is not a legitimate bankruptcy case. I know there's where you can alter it, where it's like either a section or, or chapter seven versus chapter 11. I think that's a difference, and you can switch between the two, and one of them is a complete and total write-off of all your debt. Some of it is a where you use some of your equity to pay off lenders somewhat. Um, I'm wondering how many uh, bankruptcies are not allowed, you know, that go to court. And usually, you know, I'm wondering how many say, okay, these are, these are okay, these are not. We do know of one bankruptcy, though, that, has, that was not allowed to be filed or whatever, and that was the NRA, again, in New York. The NRA was denied uh, bankruptcy protection um, because they were basically um, trying to say that the reason that they were trying to de- to uh, to declare bankruptcy is to avoid having to pay the governmental fines, and that's just not something that the government's going to allow you to do. Um, so that they were not allowed to claim bankruptcy and reorganize in Texas. Um, so the uh, so basically the NRA might then get dissolved because of the fact that they were prohibited from declaring bankruptcy. Again, brought to you by the New York Attorney General Letitia, Letitia James, um, who said in her tweet, the NRA does not get to dictate if and when it will answer for its actions. Our case will continue in New York court. No one is above the law. Let's see. Bringing That's boy an interesting truck. comment. What? So, I was just reading the thing you were about to read. Uh, the Trump Organization has, has donated 151000 in foreign government profits at its hotels and similar businesses last year to the U.S. Treasury, an executive said in a statement on Friday. Um, which, which, I mean, perhaps that would deal with the uh, – with the foreign emolument issues, but there are foreign there there are there's the foreign emoluments clause. No person holding any office of profit or trust under the United States shall, without the consent of the Congress, accept any present emolument office or title of any kind whatsoever from any king, prince, or foreign state. But then there's the domestic emoluments clause, which states the president shall, at stated times, receive for his uh, services a compensation which shall neither be in increased or diminished during the period for which he shall have been elected, and he shall not receive within that period any other emoluments from the United States or any of them. Uh, 
I guess any of them means are any of the states. So to that that's where I was wondering with, you know, what the, the domestic emoluments clause is what I, is what I'm thinking could have been violated because he's getting he, he still owned the business. He still owned he didn't run the day-to-day operations. <laughs> I laugh at that because his children were and oh what are the odds he wasn't talking about businesses with the children when he was sitting at you know eating dinner with Jared uh, and and, Iv- and Ivanka or with with Don Jr. and Eric um, poor Baron or Tiffany never really get any attention um, but Baron or Tiffany wasn't involved with the data runs of the Trump organization so there you go um, but. You know, if he, he's to me, if he's staying, and what do I know? I'm just a computer science guy. I don't, I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV, and I haven't stayed at a Holiday Inn Express at any time recently. So <laughs> use that one second time in a week. Um, and so it says he shall not receive within that period of any moment from the United States or any of them. So if, if he's getting a, a payment from the United States because they're staying at his hotels, then to me that would satisfy the prohibition of emoluments. Um, so, so no, bringing a boy, you say he is good to go. I don't believe he is good to go because I'm not, I wasn't even focusing on the foreign emoluments clause. I was focusing on the domestic emoluments clause because I wasn't talking about the foreign officials coming and staying at his resorts. Um, I wasn't talking about those people. I was talking about the Secret Service and other government officials where the, where money were coming, was coming directly from the U.S. Treasury would be going into his corporate accounts. That's why I don't believe that he is uh, was innocent of of the violation of the emoluments clause. But again, you know, a lot of people talk about the emoluments clause. I'm sure a lot of people who you know go vote would probably start hearing a discussion on emoluments and be like, oh, I don't want to hear about that. That's boring. You know, they don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about, you know, banning Muslims, which is what Donald Trump campaigned on doing. Or they want to talk about, you know, keeping the, the people from crossing the the southern border. I'm, I'm waiting. I, I put the bait out there. I don't know if he's going to say it, you know, because he said it. Oh, he already did the, the wall. Well, there's the wall, the wall but there's working. also – the total and complete ban of Muslims entering the country is what he campaigned oh, yeah. on. And I'm, and I'm waiting for the typical response, and we'll see. It but wasn't thing, bringing, the Muslim bringing, ban. Bringing, right, uh, bringing a boy. You said, what Prince King stayed in the United, in U.S. Trump Hotel? <coughs> My point is that I'm not talking about the Foreign Emoluments Clause. I'm talking about the Domestic Emoluments Clause, where he's getting money from the U.S. government for, for Secret Service and other people staying at Mar-a-Lago and all the other places that they would stay. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I wasn't even focusing on the foreign emoluments clause. I was talking about the, the domestic one. Yeah, it's also, we could also bring up people who are ambassadors from other places, you know, you know, diplomats, other people from other countries staying at, you know, I don't know what the U.S. Was the former post office building already converted and, and being run under the Trump organization during the Trump presidency? I don't remember if that was so – I'm, I'm pretty sure that they could have stayed there too. And that could potentially be an emolument from, um, from a foreign state. Um, 
even if it not be not a king or prince, because it says from any king, prince, or foreign state. I mean, prince couldn't have stayed there because prince passed away. Um, I don't know about too LeBron. Soon. Eh, too soon, I know. Um, It'll always be too soon. Let's see. We have read domestic out again. Please read again, Ella. You want me to read the domestic one? Okay, fine. The president shall at times receive for his services a compensation which shall never, neither be increased or diminished during the period for which he shall be elected, and he shall not receive within that period any other emolument from the United States or any of them. I'm guessing, again, I guess any of them probably means any other state. Um, I know. Black's Law Dictionary. Now, this is not a racist term using of the term blacks. It's black apostrophe S. So it's the last name of the person. Uh, d- defines a monument as an advantage, profit, or gain received as a result of one's employment or one's holding office. Um, so I would argue that you know, you're getting profit from or a financial advantage or gain uh, when you as president choose to stay at your own hotels and charge the government money to do so. To, for all of the rest of the support staff that has to come along with you. So, so I mean, why the Congress did not go with the emoluments clause during either of the impeachment attempts, you can't ask me. My opinion on that was on that is uh, the Democrats don't have enough of a spine too many times to be able to do what's needed to be able to get the job done. Um, just like, you know, what cinema and Mr. Uh, what's his face from West Virginia um, not having the cojones to uh, what I was listening to. I was in my car and I was listening to Joy Reid on MSNBC on my Sirius XM. And she was trying to ask whether or not somebody had the cojones to do something, but instead of saying cojones, he said chicharrones. And I was like, man, I haven't had good chicharrones in a while. So you don't have the cracklings to do the job right. According to Joy Reid, but uh, I was expecting a laugh from bringing up Oi from me reading the thing again. Um, anyway. I'm not yeah. just thinking about chimichangas, so I am upset. <laughs> I had tamales for, for, for dinner. I did have some tamales. It was, they were pretty good. Uh, <laughs> y'all, you, all, you guys all saw what I had for dinner. I shared it and probably made half the group sick. It was the shrimp pizza. Was that what it was? Shrimp and bacon and anchovy and black olives and crushed garlic uh, on white sauce pizza. Yes. See, I didn't see the anchovies, but everything else sounds delicious. Yeah. I'm a ninja turtle. Yeah. As Yosh would say. Yes. So. um, Put it on a pizza. I'll eat it. (laughs) Even pineapple? Health, yeah. In fact, (laughs) pineapple pizza is Canadian. Canadian has free health care and all sorts of other great, wonderful socialist things. So pineapple pizza is socialism pizza, which means give me more of that. (laughs) Maybe the reason they needed universal health care in Canada is because they put the pineapple on the pizza in the first place. Or maybe the cause of it. It's sweet and savory at the same time. Sweet and savory. It's a very combination. I'm usually not big on pineapple to begin with. There was, there was, it's, I used to not like pineapple at all, and then I went to Disney World one time, and there was a luau um, at the Polynesian Resort, and they served pineapple at it, and I had it, and it was one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten. So apparently I just never had eaten good pineapple, but it's rare that I find That's good pineapple. So Probably. you got to go to those tiny little like Asian markets that got them uh, on the Eastern Mass, so there's like – 
there's uh, the Korean markets, there's uh, Vietnamese places, there's like, like literally every everything. And you go to those little markets and they will have ripe produce versus American produce, which is like gassed so it looks ripe, but it ain't ripe. Right. Yeah. Well, don't talk about gassing because we might have to talk about um, Marjorie Taylor Greene and her insane comments. Let's talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene and her insane comments. Nice segue there. <laughs> this week's hypocrite of the week. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, there's no bits this week. That's right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I should just play that in the back. I should have just had that looping in the background the entire show. Just the do 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 I mean, I guess I link to it in every episode. That's how you're able to find it to do it. But I really wish I really wish I could find out. And maybe I shouldn't worry about it anymore. Because back in the day when I used to have a, uh, a, a once a week radio show on terrestrial radio, on, on real AM radio, um, and I did the Hypocrite of the Week, but back then it was the Dan and Dave on the air, Hypocrite of the Week. Um, instead of, uh, we actually, we, we were able to use real music um, because I guess the station handled filing whatever uh, money had to be paid for the use of those songs. So we didn't have to worry about that. That was all in the cost of our show. Um, but they didn't tell us how to do it. So, cause I used to use yakety sacks from the Benny Hill. Show. Yeah. Um, I used to use that as my background for hypocrite of the week. Um, I eventually found if I had a chicken um, by uh, McLeod of the clan McLeod um, and it works. It's, it's, it's good enough. It's close enough. It sounds goofy enough so that I can, you know, so that it works as a hypocrite of the week. God, I don't, maybe at this point I've used, if I had a chicken so much that I really shouldn't change it to yakety sack, but I really wish I could figure out just knew the rules on how to, how to pay it right. So I could actually get the rights to do it and use it. But I don't know. I've never been, I, I've looked, I've looked it up. I've tried to find it and I can't find it. So it's just like, meh, whatever. I'm just going to, I'm just going to not, not deal with it until the show gets big enough where I could pay somebody to, to handle all that stuff for me. And well, that's not happening anytime soon, apparently. Um, but yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, I just, the whole, like you don't get to say that, Jews are operating space lasers, which are causing forest fires, and then speak for Jews on behalf of what might be something that would have happened during the Holocaust or comparing things happening during the Holocaust or trying to speak out in favor of benefit of being supporting of the Jews who live in Israel. You don't get to do either of those things if, if, you're, if, you, if you're the Jewish space laser lady. Like or wait, <laughs> I thought that the Jewish space laser was what was projecting the hologram that convinced everyone that the Holocaust was real and it was secretly controlled by the robotic Anne Frank because she's actually an android because none of that was real crazy pants, right? Oh, that's is that, is that something <laughs> like, that you just came up with off the top of your head, or have you heard that? <laughs> No, that's something I, I just came up with, but I'm like, I'm just mixing all sorts of garbage all together, and it's just, it I think feels natural. Gave, bring, I think you just gave bringing a boy an aneurysm. 
I try. Yeah. I mean, I was, but the thing is, is that you came up with that on the fly and with the crazy stuff that comes out of her mouth, first and foremost, it works or the mouths of other people, especially when like the people that I listen to on, on the Jeff Carrera show on 990 AM. Um, it's, I, it sounds plausible. It sounds not 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 that it's plausible and that it's realistic, but it's plausible, plausible that somebody that else say it. might have already said it already. Like that's why I'm like, that, that's why I had to stop and think. Was was this something that Demonox came up with easily, or is this something that you know, you know that that somebody actually said? Because no, my brain is broken, but unfortunately, the crazy people on the internet have made it so my humor no longer is recognizable as humor anymore. It's maddening. You're, well, it's like, I, I, we used to, like, there was one time, I remember one chat where they were like, come up with the crazy, come up with the most plausible conspiracy theory that you can ever think of. And the one that I come up with was uh, the person who came up with um, bulletproof glass was the person who was responsible for the Kennedy assassination because he was trying to sell that idea to the government that they should be having bulletproof glass on their, on their presidential vehicles and other important vehicles to protect the people. And they said, no, who needs that? And then he was like, well, I'll show them and I'll, I'll have the president assassinate. So therefore they'll have to buy my stuff. And if you look at it, I think the timing of like the first Pope mobile with bulletproof glass happened shortly thereafter, after the Kennedy assassination, so it's a plausible conspiracy theory. It actually it actually works. Um, I've got one. The grocery yeah. stores that are all like stock owned because they're all like big corporations and all that crap. So the grocery stores are all basically stock traded now. Weathermen all are heavily invested in the stock market, which is why every storm is always always magnified in its uh, in, in its potency by a factor of depending on how much stock that weatherman owns in the grocery. <laughs> Are they it's the it? only explanation. So bringing a boy goes, if I said something like that, you would be pissed. Here's the difference, bringing a boy. Like, I, I mean, I know Demonox well enough and list, have listened and heard talk to him enough to know that what he was saying was a, um, a, a making fun of the crazy conspiracy theorist and not something that was seriously said. When you type something in the chat and you don't like put like a winky face or I'm just making fun of people or, 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 or codify what you, or, or just not just what's the word I'm looking for though establish yourself it's not the best word i'm looking for but if you establish yourself as as making a sarcastic comment and not a serious comment then then i then i wouldn't give you crap i'd probably just laugh at you for being clever just like i laugh for seminox for being clever um he goes oh okay whatever um it's kind of like the whole it's not okay to do blackface at all like you should not be doing blackface as a Halloween costume. You should not be doing blackface in in movies. You should not. Be, that's, however, nobody's mad at Robert Downey Jr. for his role in Tropic Thunder 
because what he was doing was not him doing blackface. He was doing a critic. He was doing a criticism of actors who justify blackface as a part of an overall attack on the hypocrisy that takes place in movies and in Hollywood. Just like what he was doing when he was talking about, you know, never go full. Mm-mm. You know, he was he was saying that you know you can't make a movie about somebody with a legit with with who who is too or overly you know have, has too much of a of a mental disability because the audience needs to be able to identify the person in order to be able to to be able to embrace the person where if you have somebody who has who they can't uh, find a common ground with, then the movie's going to go away. And they give the reason of I am Sam versus Forrest Gump or Rain Man. And it's like, that's a really freaking good point. It's a really good editorialization of Hollywood in a funny movie. Um, yes. And of course, bringing boys said the full thing in chat that I was trying to, you know, censor myself on, but thank you bringing a boy for that bringing a boy in the ludicrous the more you take it serious it's obvious i'm joking i don't know bring it but because you're you're rather you're very conservative and conservative people say things that that and and don't often are serious and don't understand why people take it poorly and and it happens with a lot of conservatives that i know and like i i know some conservatives where if they say something and they happen to be people that are closer to me um, that I'll be like, okay, I know you're kidding because I know they're doing it to get a, either either try and get a rise out of me or whatever. Because you know sometimes my filters pop in or whatever. Like there was one time he was he's not conservative, but this guy I used to work with uh, years ago. Um, I used to have a big bug up my butt for not understanding why people liked Bobby Jindal, uh, failed presidential candidate, but still former governor of Louisiana. And the person who beat me in the 2004 uh, congressional election that I ran in, um, and he's even mentioned in my ad that I that I played uh, a few weeks back with the cheesy line. If I can bring it up real quick, I'm facing away from my monitor for a second, just sitting more comfortably. Um, where is that? Where is that? Costa. It's not the poo one. It's the health ad. There we go. My name is Daniel Zimmerman, congressional candidate in the 1st District, and I approve this message. Bobby Jindal is standing on his health administration record. Maybe it's because he doesn't want anyone to pick it up and look at it. As secretary of Louisiana's Department of Health and Hospitals, Bobby Jindal is credited with turning a deficit into a surplus of $220 million. This was money that could have been spent on health care for people who need it most, but wasn't. Now, Bobby Jindal supports a copayment system in Medicaid. If someone is so poor that they qualify for Medicaid, how will they afford a copay? This will make them less likely to get preventive care and more likely to increase our costs by abusing the emergency room. It makes absolutely no sense. You can make a difference this election. The more people that vote, the more likely there is to be a runoff. Please contact your friends, family, coworkers, and neighbors and have them visit VoteForDan.net. That's VoteForDan.net. Encourage them to vote for me, Daniel Zimmerman, number 14, on November 2nd. Paid for by the Daniel Zimmerman Campaign Committee. And there you go. So there's me talking about Bobby Jindal. And so, but I started working there in 2006. That election was in 2004. So there was, there was time between or whatever. But I was 
it's funny because there's a joke in my family or between me and my wife that my wife never listens to me. Like I'll say something and she'll like, uh huh. And then she'll say the same thing. I'm like, I just told you that. Uh, but there was one time apparently like, you know, you know, I would always be talking about you know, all the issues that I have with Bobby Jindal, especially when he ran for governor or whatever. And uh, my wife got called in to go to a focus group um, on the governor's race. And people were saying like Bobby Jindal, you know, well, Bobby Jindal did this and this. And then she was like, no, no, but Bobby Jindal did this, this, and that. And then this is not true because of this, that, and that. I'm sitting there listening to her telling about all the stuff she said at the, at, at, at this thing and counter, countering people's points left and right. And I'm like, wait, you listen to me? Oh my God. <laughs> so bom, bom, my point was, I know it's crazy, but the, uh, I didn't say bringing a boy that you supported Jindal. I was just bringing up the point that, um, you know, typically he would pick up, like I had a filter for him, my coworker, but I had a filter for Jindal too. Um, and normally I would know that my coworker was just BSing me uh, because of the way he would either look at me or smile after he said something, but he made some comment about Jindal that also was silly. So my Jindal filter kicked in before my Dean filter kicked in and I was just like, no, but Bobby, you saw that. So he got me. That's, that's the point I was saying. Whereas sometimes like with people I can know, I can typically know if I, if I'm familiar enough with the person that they're joking or that they're being sarcastic or not. So I, I guess maybe I'm just not as familiar with your text wording of things to know bringing a boy that something that you might say, um, is something that you're saying to be said in jest and not something that you're saying as a serious point of view. So my, my encouragement to you, if, if you are if, to get me used to that sort of thing, if you're going to say something that could be taken potentially badly by me, but you really mean it as a joking way, just, just give it a little winky face afterwards. And that way I'll be like, okay, maybe this was just a comment said in jest. Not, that doesn't necessarily make it okay. Because sometimes you can say things that are some people people can sometimes say things that are jokes that are also terrible things to say. But at least I'll know what your intent is there, and 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 it might be like that's fair enough. Okay, I'll identify serious from joke. Fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, again, you know. get off that phone. Sorry. What? <laughs> oh no no no! I just uh, somebody came in to talk to me, and I'm like, it's a dab in the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I don't know, where, where yeah, Poe's law. Basically, I, I was going to say Poe's law. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Cole's law. Yes, as opposed to Cole's law. No, Poe's law. <laughs> yes. Poe's law, like uh, the idea that since you can't tell tone of voice or infliction or facial recognition or anything in text, it's essentially impossible to tell whether or not through text alone somebody else is merely joking or not. Right. Unless you know them well enough to know their humor. Right. Pretty much. There it goes. Yeah. I yeah. will identify serious from joke. Fair enough. Oh, that's the thing you just read. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so my just, did... power's been wonky, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm used to that. So. This is going pretty good. An hour and forty-five minute show for something that was completely not planned, not scripted, not not anything written out. Just let's talk about crap. We didn't. We didn't even. We haven't even yet gotten to. Uh, the shooting today at the was it the light rail station in California? Another shooting? Yes. Did you say not 
scripted because I'm on page uh, 12. Uh, I, I've been reading ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the whole. That's the whole. Maybe that's the whole uh, thing we were talking about in our in our uh, Voltron chat about whether or not things are 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 things you really have free will or not because things you know you know you you even though you, you even before you were thinking to pick up the pencil you pay, start picking up the pencil or something like that you know free will is an illusion yes yes it's horribly depressing but we should still be accountable especially for things like shootings segway yes yes because you know and then texas wants to make it so that it's the wild wild west Wild Wild West. <laughs> I can't. Apparently, I you don't want to. Trying not to think about that movie. <laughs> but apparently, you don't, like you don't even want. I don't think Blog Talk Radio does it very. I think Blog Talk Radio is more laissez-faire of way of. They're not checking for whatever for, for use of of things. They're just basically saying, "Hey, you know, you're not supposed to put things up here that violate copyright, right? So when you upload things, you're 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 acknowledging that you're not violating people's copyright, right? So yeah, so so it's the honor system on on uh, on Blog Talk Radio versus other places where, like on YouTube, where you had the where they were doing uh, some famous channel or or well known channel or lots of viewer channel was going like Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise over something about Tom Cruise and maybe even about Mission Impossible, but just going Tom Cruise, Tom. And apparently whatever software that people were using to try and make a copyright claim picked up them doing it. So apparently they sang it well enough so that the copyright software is like, hey, this is a violation of the copyright when it was just them doing Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. Um, the so, algorithms yeah. are a little too overly sensitive. Yes. And again, as I said in one of my Nerdy Dan videos, that the algorithms should, the, the rules should require that if you're going to use an algorithm to, to call somebody out for a violation of copyright, that you should have human check that says, okay, this is an actual violation of copyright and not somebody singing Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, or not fair use. Because because like one of my videos that I was talking about in the chat too was just like, look, you know, I got the copyright ding after a minute after it posted, and the 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 part with the so-called copyrighted content was like five minutes in. So the only way you would have known is if you used automated software to pick it up, and because of, and it was I would have said this is fair use because I was looking at a specific scene and I was making a critique on it, which is clearly allowed under fair use, but. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Anyway, but, you know, you have this whole, you know, I would love to see. Dan, did you get my birthday wish on Facebook? I saw you were in Facebook jail. Didn't know if it went through. I'm not sure. It might have. I think you can get messages on in Facebook jail, but... You, depending on the level, I don't think you can check them. Like, it won't notify you. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm a bad, bad boy, you know, wishing for people that they're wishing that people's parents, you know, or people's don't kids, have don't, don't, get, kids. Don't, don't get, yeah, wishing that somebody doesn't get dead kids. You know, I did, I mean, I guess I did criticize their parentage, parenting ability, not their parentage, but I, 
questioned their parenting ability and said, I hope your kids don't die of COVID. That somehow is harassment, I guess. I don't know. Um, Mrs. Bringing a Boy, press one. I don't see that Mrs. Bringing a Boy, press one, though. But we can bring her in. That's fine. We can have three at a time. Oh, my. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Um, I'm, just, I'm, nope. just, I'm just reading I'm that not, long thing. I'm Hello? not hearing it. Ah, there you are. Yes. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't show up as having a question mark, but he did say that you wanted to jump back in. So. No, I forgot what I was going to say. It's been a little while. I'm just kidding. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's uh, why it didn't show. Up. Maybe you pressed one because you were. Maybe that's the thing. You pressed one. And it turned off your question mark. That's why they get to you because I thought you were—I thought you had turned off your question mark. Okay. Yep, that's possible. Okay. Okay. Happy <laughs> well, for... birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy. I need an adult. To you, Dan. Happy birthday to you. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I am the last recently elected president of my neighborhood association. We just haven't met in like years because my board isn't worth anything. So I need to get that back and happening. And I was going to do it last year, but COVID happened. And, you know, that was all fun. Um, see, what I really need is, is I really need is the video of, of the happy birthday song. So you should submit that, and that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Evening gown and everything. Evening gown and I everything. Have to <laughs> you know, to blow up the dress. Oh, no, you want the gown. Okay, I could do that. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's if it's some other – I mean, if you did it in, like, a T-Rex outfit, that would also be fun. Although, when it could see your face. But, I mean, it would, it would still, that would also be amusing, you know, one of those inflatable T-Rex costumes or however else you I wanted to do it. it. I mean hmm? – I could do it in truck face. You know, get a Halloween mask, dude. <laughs> oh no, that's no, 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 no. I don't want to have. I don't want to. Only if you're doing it as Trump's voice, say "Happy birthday to you." <laughs> you'd, have to be able, you'd have to be able to do a good Trump impression. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, you got me. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, well, actually, it used to be my theory that nobody did a good Trump impression because I don't do a Trump impression. That I don't think it's Alex really any good. But even Alec Baldwin's is not necessarily that good. It's like a it's it's more of a mockery impression. But there is somebody, J.L. Calvin or whatever his name is. I follow him on Twitter and he has a YouTube channel. He does an amazing Donald Trump impression. Oh, I've seen that guy. Yes, just, he. I'm is, pretty sure because some guy named Liberal Dan keeps sharing his, his stuff. Probably, um, but to yeah. use uh, Marissa to use Marissa Tomei's. Uh, wording uh or i'm sorry or mona lisa vito's wording he, his uh, his impression of donald trump is dead on balls accurate so it's an industry term <laughs> um, so there's a there's a great there's a great there's like a, i'm in a, a several like they have what they call shit posting groups and mm-hmm. but but like they have some Hamilton related ones and one of them is called a shot posting group since you're not throwing away your shot. Um, and there's, there's one where everyone takes like the, it's like the top 
image of the meme is why, if not to use deadly aim, with Aaron Burr saying, well, why would you wear glasses unless you were trying to kill me or whatever? And so I put underneath him, I put the guy from from uh, my cousin Vidigos and going, they were reading glasses. So, <laughs> and <laughs> every time, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of myself over it because, like, every time somebody reacts to it, I'm like, he, I made a good thing. Um, I think more people probably have reacted to those to that meme on Facebook than have reacted to my parodies of Hamilton on Facebook. But you know that's a whole other issue entirely. I can never get anything to go viral. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounded like a like a good one. <laughs> that's, that was good. That's, there was one thing that I did get to go viral um, that happened last year. Um, which was my uh, conversations with an idiot in blue that just came back around this year. I guess it's coming. I'm, I'm getting more notifications of people reacting to it uh, simply mm-hmm. because simply because of the fact that I guess I posted it, then they must have shared it, so it's in their memories too. So now people are then resharing that memory, and, and now we're seeing it now. So they're seeing it over and over again. And basically, somebody who just had no idea that you could freeze an embryo because I have. <laughs> Because I have this, I have this um, hypothetical situation that I've used uh, when it comes to the abortion debate, which is um, you're in a room. You let's say you work at a hospital, and you're in a room, and in this room there is a freezer on a cart, um, and that freezer has a thousand frozen embryos, in it. and then you have another a baby on a cart, um, and that baby needs to be in that cart. And, you know, for, for life support purposes um, and for the, for the use of the, of the scenario, each of them has its own battery pack that, if unplugged, could last long enough to last. But there's a fire, and you have to get either the baby or the freezer out. So you either save 1,000 embryos or one baby. Um, and so if, and you are physically only capable of pushing one of these two things. Which do you save? Do you save the the freezer with a thousand frozen embryos, or do you save the infant in the thing? And most people would likely say the infant, which then is the, then what you then say as well, if you, if you would save the infant over a thousand embryos, then clearly the infant is, is much different than just a bunch of embryos. And that's the argument. That, Questions. Well, hold on. So that, so then, so then, so then the, uh, so then the person was like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, why? You can't freeze embryos. I'm like, you want to bet? And so there's this whole back and forth that goes on. And part oh, of it boy. is part of it is the fact that, like, I, I think I, I, I tried to delete everybody's name except for mine in the conversation, and I, found, I missed one of his, so everyone still saw his name, despite the fact that I tried to protect the names of the innocent and the not-so-innocent. But then everyone else mm-hmm. was just like, just getting a kick out of the whole thing that, you know, uh, and somebody was like, this conversation must have been staged. I'm like, it wasn't. It happened naturally. Now, whether or not he was trolling or not, that's, that's something completely different. But, you know, it is what it is. But what's your question? <laughs> so my question, because that greatly depends on how I would answer this, is do I have an access to a black market for said embryos? And what is the current value of, because that's a lot of embryos. (laughs) 
So you're looking at a period of this. See, that's the capitalist look on it. I mean, that, that's, that's how the capitalist look. How much money can be made off of – yeah, but what if, that, what if that baby was the next Elon Musk? Oh, yeah, then no, definitely not the baby then. <laughs> but what if Elon Musk was I hate- you? You're the – you're the one who saved me as a baby, so therefore I'm going to give you half my empire. <laughs> uh, I can't take blood money. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's just my question. Because okay. uh, the embryos basically are wanted babies when, and the, when the women, I guess this guy never heard of the, um, the term frozen popsicle. You know, you were you came from a frozen popsicle, or I have to go yeah. this weekend and, uh, you know, Impossible for the embryo, yeah. you know, as far as having babies and stuff. Right. So, well, yeah. the guy was like, there... the guy, the guy, the guy was like, um, what should we call it? Uh, where is the? No, that's not what I want. Oh, that's the copyright claim. Learn more. So, uh, this copyright claim is funny. Too. Oh, it's not listed there. Oh well. Anyway, but the um, the end of the story was he goes, my head hurts thinking about the idea that you can freeze an embryo and that it would somehow still be alive when you unfroze it. And I was like, well, maybe if you can't understand that concept, you don't have enough information to be able to understand the concepts involved with the abortion debate and therefore shouldn't be involving yourself in them. But I guess that's overly optimistic because of the fact that, you know, um, you know, people all often involve themselves into discussions that they don't are not educated in, in enough. So, but one of the things I'm looking over here at YouTube, trying to find how many views this other video had. Um, I have to look at my playlist. But yeah, I had to look at my playlist. That's what I did look at. But I had a couple of videos that I made, including um, from my Nerdy Dan channel. And one of them was a combination of Hamilton not, not throwing away my shot and mixed it with, with the background music sped up a little bit, um, but not just altered all that much, mixed in with salt and peppers, let's talk about sex. Um, because when I first heard the not throwing away my shot song, I'm just sitting there saying, I'm not throwing away my shot. And then all of a sudden I start, my head start automatically putting in the salt and pepper remix about let's talk about sex. I'm like, that's weird how it did that. And I'm like, maybe that would fit. And when I got the speed of the, my shot audio, correct. And it fit perfectly, including, I was like, yes. But even that, like I finished that, I uploaded that three days ago and I only have 13 views. So I, I can never get anything to go viral. I mean, the, I did, I made a sea shanty based off of the Firefly series on TikTok and uploaded that to YouTube. And that got 2,500 views, which is more than, you know, I typically get, but still not enough. But even the, um, I'll go to my playlists because parodies, uh, blah, 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 blah. Ah, that's too loud. Um, 61 views for my Hanukkah parody on oil and wicks instead of guns and ships. Um, only 59 views for my full We'll Fight Back parody song. So my Hanukkah song was more popular than my We'll Fight Back song. So... That's just unfortunate. <laughs> we'll oh, fight back it's, was the best. I know. I even told somebody the other day. I was like, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, yeah, I made a parody of it. And somebody was like, yeah, uh, singing it at work. And they're like, that's not the lyrics. And you were like, 
Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. That's, those are the words. That's how the words go. Now, I did I will do a parody. I'll argue with my boss. Yes. I, I did do hey, uh, a. Yes. I'm sorry, Dan. This is Ro- I was bringing it, boy. Um, yes. I was watching when, you, I, when I watched one of your videos, I had men in suits come knocking on my door. <laughs> Not that, were they the men in black, or were, did they give you that yeah, little eye thing? They were wearing or, sunglasses. Or were you asking them to use the eye thing because you didn't want to? You didn't want to remember <laughs> it. But even, but yeah, even if, you, but even if that happened to you, you'd still the, the video of you would still count. So that still doesn't help. <laughs> you might not remember okay. to, to subscribe to the channel, but you know that view would still count towards me. And see, I got that as a joke. See, that came across as a joke. Because I heard you oh, saying yeah. it. So that's, yeah, I'm so there you go. Well, I, I do have a sense of humor, and I, I don't take everything serious. You know, I, I, go, I let it roll out as far as I'll let you go and keep going. And it's just the point I have to stop. Right. Well, let's see. Yeah, so I, also, good, I, mean, I, just, I enjoy listening to you, and I understand everything you're saying. I, um, I didn't know that you were of uh, the faith of being Jewish. I never knew that. So if I had made some comments, I apologize for that. I didn't yeah. know, and maybe I yeah, should but, not talk but, about that certain subject. And I respect I respect your value, your views and all that. I mean, I apologize. Right, but 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 here's the thing: is like if you shouldn't not say those. Like like I don't want you to not say something around around like that that might be taken badly by Jews. Now that you know I'm Jewish. Like if if it's something that's negative that a Jew would react badly to, just don't say it at all. Like even if well, the Jews are not around, right? So of course, <laughs> right? But you know there there is a former friend of mine. Uh, actually, I have several friends. Let's talk about the other friends, not the former friend of mine. But the, I've made um uh I used to have like a friend who we would always make Jewish jokes back and forth, and he's not Jewish and I am Jewish and but I know that he's joking, so I know he can make a horrible comment. Um, you know, if, if you've ever played Cards Against Humanity, I don't know if you've ever heard of Cards Against Humanity. Have you? No. no. Have you played no, I it? Wish I had. No, I wish I had. I have no idea what that is. But I, Cards Against I've, Humanity is, is a game where basically you have a pile of black cards and a pile of white cards, and, then the pile, and there's one judge every round. And so the judge pulls one of the black cards and says, and reads it. And there's one to three blanks in that line. So it's kind of like Mad Libs and sort of where you'll be like, so like one time we played this game and um, it was before blank, all we had was blank. So then you have to take the cards in your hand and find two that match and play what you think the judge is going to find the funniest. Um, oh, that's fun. And then, and then you collect the the person who wins gets the black card, and the person first to ten, to, to ten black cards wins. So that's how oh, okay. that's how the game is played. Um, so we were all at this gaming store together, and John pulls out this card, and it says, "Before blank, all there was was blank." And what I look at my hand, and I try to not laugh. I try not to laugh because I knew that my card was going to be the winning combination. I know John, and I know he's going to just crack up at this play. Because I played, before the Jews, all we had was world peace. 
And <laughs> I knew that was going to be the winning card combination because, you know, it's John and you yeah. play for the judge. And, and he would probably know that it was me that played it. And because he did, because when he read the cards, the first thing he did was look at me and I smiled. The problem was the, the entire gaming store had been laughing for about 15 minutes prior because some the person whose cards he read before me was before Hurricane Katrina. All we had was black people and everybody died um, of laughter at that because those are the two. And unfortunately, my card lost because that was the clear winner. Um, sure. There's also um, blank. My best card play, I think, was blank kid tested mother approved and i played the card in oedipus complex and i even went so far as to slam the card That's down dark. and go this is the winner right here this is the winning card. now they don't know who plays what it gets randomized so they don't know which one was which but she read the cards and she was like okay this is the winner oedipus complex kid tested mother approved i'm like clearly that had to have been um, what is it? What is it? Um, my wife played the card one time. I am the Michael Jordan of blank. <laughs> and somebody literally played Space Jam on VHS, Space Jam on VHS, which should be the card that wins that, except for the fact that I played being a bad parent <laughs> that one. Oh, so, <laughs> so it's a very fun game. Anyway. Yeah, it sounds okay. like it. Back to my parodies, though. Let's see. I was looking up how much the views. I also I had this one parody. Um, we had a, a, a holiday. Or I think it might have been specifically a Hanukkah party for karaoke. Because before, before COVID-19 happened, um, I used to love to go do karaoke. So, um, so we, I recorded me performing this Cats in the Cradle parody. Um, except the name of the parody was Mr. Cat Spins His Dreidel. And, and so that was that. That only has 116 views since December 2017. Um, what else? I have this from the same party. I did a Let Them Glow for a Let It Go Hanukkah parody. That only has 141 views. So I don't have lots of videos that get lots of views, and I don't know why. I even have a video like on my regular personal channel that I usually don't post too much. That is like, this is just a feel sorry for Dan moment, I guess. It's like, it only has like seven likes or whatever. And it's my son looking, um, looking at a Thomas, the tank engine trains uh, in Walmart as we're waiting, I think for my wife to go look for something. So we're, he's just looking at all these trains and he's so, and somebody gave it a thumbs down. I'm like, why would you give this a thumbs down? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, 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 why are you thumbing down a kid showing joy over trains? I mean, maybe, maybe Thomas the Tank Engine re- screwed them over in some way. I don't know. <laughs> you got to find something very specifically niche. Like, I accidentally have 4,300 views on one of my videos, and I've only got like eight videos up total. <laughs> one of them being a, uh, those, Dancing uh, the Peacock Spider, dancing, it's Richard Simmons doing Sweat into the Oldies, and as the Peacock Spider's backside is waving and flanting and his arms are waving, it's Richard Simmons singing and dancing. That's got like 80 views. I thought that would be like big. My huge one was just a short video on treating my goldfish bloat with Epsom salt. I had a goldfish, he had some bloat, and I was treating it. 
But because aquarium stuff is so weirdly, bizarrely niche and people look up goldfish stuff, that video just like exploded in views. And, and the weird thing is for a goldfish video, that's not a lot of views. But yeah, right. so pick some random, crazy niche thing that people are completely obsessive about in, t- in that one community. That, well, I, was about funny, to say that, I was about to say that my largest video on my personal channel was a video that had 15,000 views. It actually now has 30,000 views. Um, it's it's so about Disney, Disney dining plan don'ts, what not to do when you're at Disney. Um, that has 30,000 views. So, but still, that, that channel is still not monetized because I only have like 100 viewers, so you can't monetize anymore because it's ridiculous. Oh. The rules on monetization uh, are silly. Did, did well, they don't want you to make a, money. Did you guys get uh. to get um, the government vaccine? vaccine? The government vaccine? No, I I got the Novavax vaccine. I didn't get the government okay, vaccine. Down. The Novavax. I tried to vaccinate myself against the government, but it doesn't work. <laughs> Did you hear what he said, Devin? I, I, th- I thought you would appreciate that. Oh no, no, I didn't. What? No, I Bringing a boy said, "Ask." Did you try the government vaccine? And then Devin says. I tried to vaccinate myself against the government, and it hasn't worked. But I thought bringing a boy would laugh more at that. <laughs> that was funny. No, no, that was that was funny. I, I like that. Okay. I, I thought that was. I know. I, okay. I apologize. I should laugh, but I was just curious because I just watched this video last night about it, and people were putting a magnet on their arm where they got the shot, and the magnet sticks. Some did, some didn't, and it I seemed mean, like whatever whatever shot you got from whatever company. It seemed like I think it was Moderna, sorry, Moderna, Moderna, Moderna. It seemed to be the one everyone that the magnet sticks the most on people. But it doesn't. That's not all the time. Well, no, that would be all the time if you if it if you got the shot and like again if you got the Moderna one that seemed to be the one that people were having stuck to their arm. The other ones, they they didn't. Let's see. Um, The second video on YouTube that I've just found says, lunatics think the vaccine has them magnetized. (laughs) Well, well, the thing is, it's just something that, I mean, take it for what it is, okay? I mean, but there's people putting magnets on their arm and it's sticking. I mean, we don't have metal in our bodies. I mean, it's... So even if the vaccine had higher concentrations of iron, that that wouldn't be enough for a magnet to stick because the whole thing is it disperses. That's why you get a rash is the amount of metal you'd have to have for your for the magnet to stick would be a plate. It would have to be a concentration level of a plate. Uh, A vaccine vial is like what, like two cc's? something like that, one cc, it's like ridiculously tiny. If that vaccine was 100% metal, it wouldn't be enough for the magnet to stick. Um, I, there's I, this thing we used to do all the time where we would take cinnamon, cinnaburst gun wrap, gum wrappers and lick it and then stick it to our foreheads and wait for it to burn. Sometimes uh-huh. stuff sticks to skin. <laughs> How'd that work out? Oh, it uh, that the whole thing with the cinnaburst gum. You you lick it, you put it in your forehead, and you just you wait. And if you're the last person to like not take it off because it 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 tingles and burns, uh, you win. It, it was great oh, okay. school, so you don't win anything. Yeah, right, right. No. I never heard. 
heard that. That's funny. Yeah, it's weird. It's a chemical reaction because the, you can technically eat Cinnaburst gum wrappers. It's technically edible just in case you accidentally ingest it, and it's also flavored. Yeah. Nobody knows why. And I don't know if they've changed it in the past 10, 20 years, but when I was in grade school, that's, that was the thing to do. Um, but a lot of times they'll do like these videos for clout. Like there was one about the Samsung Galaxy phones with the remote, with the batteries, and how NFC was a microchip to chat to uh, to track you. So they had these videos, and they were real videos. People would take apart their phone, and they'd take out the battery, and then they'd slice the battery open, and they would show you what would look like a microchip. And you could do that. You could rip it open and take it out, and it was real. There was really a chip there. But what it really was was it was the NFC tag, and as soon as people did that, their 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 ability to pay with their phone stopped working because they found a thing. <laughs> but but the thing so, is, I, like I, I just found another video from like a news station that was like, hey, and here's all these videos, and and what are they, where, where did the videos come from? TikTok, and what what's TikTok known for? A lot of it's, it's hilariously of funny pranks. fraud stuff. Pranks, pranks. like, like pranks nobody videos. was really eating Tide Pods. The news went crazy with it, but nobody was actually eating them. Some people right. were putting them in their mouth and then foaming it out, but, like, there was no Tide Pod craze. It was a TikTok prank that went crazy. Right. A uh, lot of people put things on TikTok. Just, it's like there's the videos where, where, like, there's this couple, and, like, they take a toilet, and they, they make drink in the toilet. Like, they make a, a, a mixed drink with, like, gummy bears and sherbet and fanta frozen fanta drink in the, in the upper part clearly that if they were going to drink out of it clearly that the toilet was sanitized but there, there's a point in the video where they take two drinks they take two scoops of the drink and 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 they and they have them in their hands and then the video is clearly edited at that point with a shot and they go to the next shot and then they're handing the drinks out to the people in in, in other people in the video who then take drinks from the toilet drink now clearly they're not they're not drinking anything out of a but people believe that you know, these people are sick and disgusting they're drinking out of a toilet what's wrong with these people well just like there's there's one it's the same group of people are like i'm gonna make these amazing hamburgers this is how i make the amazing hamburgers so the first thing she does she flattens out a bunch of ground beef on the on her countertop and then she uses her wine glass a wine glass to make the perfectly rounded patty and then she pours wine in the wine glass and drinks out of the wine glass but again there was an edit there so she really didn't drink out of the out of the uh, raw meat glass that she just used. And then there's other things where oh now she's putting the, or there's like nachos on the counter. And that I have the group on Facebook that I run the what in the unseasoned name of Karen is this caucasity. Um, that Facebook you know what you call it that that group get gets the same video about once every three months where it's them making nachos on a countertop. Or the first thing they do is is put nacho cheese all over the counter. There's another one where it's like we're putting ragu all over the counter and then making meatballs, and that's how we're going to eat spaghetti off the counter. And it's like they're not really doing that. They're just doing it because they're trying to get as many views as possible. Um, but they probably already are popular enough to get those views anyway, but they're just trying to get people to react to them to do ridiculous stuff. And maybe that's why I don't have, again, lots of videos on my Liberal Day and Radio channel uh, – that have that'll have enough views to really do anything um but you know because i won't do things that are outrageously stupid and maybe you just need to do things that are outrageously stupid in order to get 
in order to get all those views. But I don't know. It is what it is. I guess I have some standards. I don't know. The one video that what, I do what? want to oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, my, I have grandparents that, well, I have grandparents that live in Missouri, and they went to see a movie one night, and they went to go see Jackass, and they thought it was about a mule, actual mule. So they're oh, standing God. in line. Waiting. They're standing in line. They have no idea what they're watching. And the kids kept asking them, are you sure you're here to watch the movie? They didn't tell them. Not one of the kids told them what the movie was about. So my, grand, my parents, they watched the movie, and my grandmother goes, that was one funny movie, but boy, are they stupid. They, you know, right. they just they, they the whole thing. They just couldn't believe it. But well, a lot of that stuff, money. a lot of that stuff too, is like you know they're just doing things purposely just to get the reaction out of people, whether or not they'll they'll be uh, true or not. Um, right. But like, I mean, you know, it's true in that they're they're doing it, but it's not like they're doing it specifically to make people go gasp and and be shocked. They're not. It's not an example of real people like really doing these things in their everyday lives just because you know it, it's. I don't know. It's just it's just like a lot of these people are making what would be the professional wrestling of 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 uh, of videos, but they're not necessarily that creative or even entertaining. They're just you know they're just staged, so that's not really things, and they're they're doing it specifically for for that reason. And there was some other topic that I wanted to talk about before ending the shooting. Day. No, it wasn't even the shooting. I was I was I was. I, was, I mean, yeah, we could talk about the shooting, but there was another. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, it was and the that, resurgence of the crazy UFO video from 2003, where it was just the infrared of the Navy jet fighters that had been installed but not calibrated? Because that's come back again. I don't yeah, that know has why. come back. Well, that has come back again. I don't know, because people want to like to believe that there are UFOs. And just because it's UFO doesn't mean it's aliens. But how many Navy pilots pilots have infrared scope on their helmet or whatever to look through to notice that? I mean, how many is there that that fly with those? I don't know. But the thing is is that that a lot of people will put things out there just specifically because they know that enough people will be like, oh, well, maybe that's true. Just like the whole, you know, claims of the Trump getting the election stolen. It's you know, there, there's a, there's there's or people not or people not trusting the vaccines like people you know back in the day the we were able to uh, somebody asked the question in the group that I'm in like why why are we uh, not having the success of getting people vaccinated for COVID-19 uh, that like we did when we tried to get, eliminate polio for example like and, and I thought of two really good reasons as to why um we are we were able to defeat polio um versus why we were able why we're not able to get enough vaccinations out there to get uh to get herd immunity from vaccinations and and it's not simply like oh well it was a better understanding of science because i would probably not believe that that people had a better understanding of science back then i mean the scientists may have had but I i don't think the the people were any more, um, you know, knowledgeable of, of scientific thought or theory or whatever. There's probably a, still a lot of large percentage of people who didn't necessarily Info understand the science. Um, but the two reasons I think that, that you probably were more successful back then getting rid of polio with a vaccine versus getting rid of COVID with a vaccine uh, is, A, we have the Internet, and it allows 
it allows the people um, who would who might have an issue with the might who might question whether or not they should get the vaccine to be able to have enough group think where they're like, well, well, you're questioning that. You're we're all questioning that. Maybe we shouldn't get the vaccine because we're questioning. We, we, we don't we don't trust the science or whatever. So maybe it's the people that maybe the people didn't trust the science, but they're like, you know, <clears throat> they didn't have enough people you know, stroking their cognitive dissonance enough to be able to, to be able to say, okay, well, I'm just not going to take it then because enough people think like me. Um, and B, I think back then uh, you probably had a much stronger feeling that taking something to eliminate a virus or to eliminate a disease or to eliminate this thing that we want to stop from spreading is probably, was probably seen as a patriotic duty. Uh, of to, to help your fellow man, and even if sure. you know, so e- so even 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 if they questioned or didn't understand the science uh, behind why a vaccine would work or why they had to take it or or what the cost benefit analysis is of taking a vaccine versus um, allowing polio to continue to spread um, across the nation, um, they were they they had the belief that we're doing this to help our fellow man to help our fellow humans so therefore we are going to do what needs to be done to 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 get it solved that's a that's a great point because everyone should take it and then those who die should be praised for that because like going to war you know the soldiers that went to war in world war ii they died knowing that they they will die but they went and fought for our country. So this could be like a war where we're fighting for our country, so we should all get the shot. And whoever dies, we have a plaque. We'll have a memorial for them. And my, my fear is, okay, say there be, there's going to be many deaths from this vaccine, and who's going to be – who's going to fault? Is it going to be Trump's fault or is it going to be Biden's fault? Is, are there – how many well, deaths are there from the vaccine? Yes, there is. In Israel, oh, there so, is. I, no, I asked. I asked how many deaths are there from the vaccine. I, and, and I'm, I'm – Okay, hold on. I'll get you some numbers here. Let me. Ah, uh, Jesus, that sucks. I wish I wasn't prepared for that one, but I can. Three thousand, three thousand eight hundred something. Is that the number you were going to use? It's possible. I mean, it, I don't even say. I think it's that high yet. So there's this thing called uh, an info hazard where there's a large amount of information, and whether or not the information sure. is regulated or vetted or any of that. It spreads faster whether or not it's accurate or not, uh, or sometimes too much information, so we'll freak out over it. But the weird thing is, they said about they did a study, and about 75% of all of the anti-vaccination information is coming from 12 individuals. That's it, sure. it's 12 people, and those 12 people have a heavily vetted financial interest in selling their natural products and their books and all that stuff into spreading disinformation. And that's part of the problem because then you have real numbers, like there are deaths, but what is the actual tangible percentage of that death compared to the death of the virus? It's actually like incredibly far lower. Um, but like that's, that information becomes waylaid by the, the stuff that's pushed out there to create the panic to buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. And even when the buy my book gets, uh, gets uh, lost, those little nuggets of information stay like they they go around for forever i think the biggest problem is trying to figure out how much of the information is accurate how much of the information is accurate but minus any and all context 
like if the answer to a math problem and you just write 20, but, but 20 what? 20 ducks, 20 miles an hour, 20 trains, like it loses context. And I think that's going to be the biggest but, problem. But then again, in math, you can't have the wrong answer. There can't be the wrong answer in math. Well, well you can have the wrong answer. You can't have – there's no way you can have the wrong answer in math. I mean, 2 plus 2 is 4. I mean, there, there's no other way of doing it. Well, a simple math, like a, just a just pure numeric math, you can you cannot have uh, sorry you can give a wrong answer, but the the answer is always the same. Like two plus two well, is always four. But what's seven plus seven? But when it comes to yeah yeah, once well, you add what, complexity, no, what, what, is, what, what what is seven plus seven? Seven plus seven is fourteen. Is it? So what if you're in base yeah. eight? Seven plus seven. What if it's you're what? in base eight? What if you're in base eight? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so, okay. so seven plus seven and that's a different way of looking at the problem. Is sixteen. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, once you start adding context and the different values, that is when the numbers are different. So, if you said there is four hundred, oh well, geez, I was just watching a thing on Kyle Hill. The guy is uh, he's great. Um, awesome youtube channel but he was basically saying if you have if you have x amount of deaths a year by this one thing sounds terrible when you compare it to x amount of billion deaths by this other thing suddenly that that gives weight to it that that gives a a very context of yeah it does sound like a large number but it's actually really 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 small it's well, here's the number that I was Not talking the, about. The number that I was yeah. worried was, 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 was it wasn't 3,800. Uh, uh, Post basically said, I think it was on Tucker Carlson who, who made the comment, uh, between late December 2020 and last month, a total of 3,362 people died after having gotten the COVID-19 vaccination in the United States. Um, so it was basically 3,362. That's an average of 30 people per day. Now, What's the problem? I'll ask Bringing a Boy first. What's the problem with that statement? Well, I, I would say that what three? Okay, how long has it been on the market for? What four months? Well, it was. It was. About, I think the, this, art, this article is from. I think this article is from today. I think. I think. But I don't know when the statement was made. Um, I think. I think uh, as of right now, if you if you if you queried that same number, I think that that wherever they got that information from, you would now get over four thousand deaths. But but again, so if I sure. said it, it, if I said if I said four thousand people have died, who okay. uh, between December of twenty twenty and now, four thousand people okay. have died who have taken the COVID nineteen vaccine. So so what would you say is the problem with that statement? I would say that the problem with this statement is it's still too early to tell, but 4,000 deaths isn't too bad. It's a lot. Well, but the problem is. Okay. The problem is. What do you say the problem 4, is? 4,000 people have died since, but that doesn't mean they died of. Okay, there you go. Well, of course, but are they? Right. Is this actually from the shot? Yes, and it's four thousand people that died from the shot, the vaccine. They took it. They had both doses, and it's only four thousand people for the last six months. Right, but it's four thousand people that, that died the, after getting the shot. But it's not necessarily because they died from the shot. 
They might have no, died no, no, from right. They might have they might have died from from course, falling out of an airplane. Course. Like they might have fallen down an elevator shaft, and that 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 somebody takes the COVID nineteen no, shot. So there is another later. thing. Two yeah. percent of breakthrough infections can cause COVID nineteen deaths. So if you got the shot, you're still not one hundred percent covered. There's still a small percentage that you get it, and then of that percentage. Uh, 2% of them, those are still fatal deaths. But it's not, you're dying from COVID, you got the shot, but it's not the shot that killed you. Um, there were a few people who died from anaphylactic shock. Um, death rate among, okay, yeah, so a false, a false social media claim that the death rate among COVID-19 vaccinated is higher compared to unvaccinated deaths. That was proven to be false. But, yeah, so far everything is saying 2% of breakthrough infections is where these, uh, the bulk of these numbers is coming from. Um, CDC um, site does not prove that, COVID, that people died from the COVID vaccine. Um, doctors warn that there are varied side effects, but, yeah. Right. But, I mean, my wife had a side effect when she took the Pfizer vaccine. She, just, she felt like a train hitter for a day. And she just took a lot of naps and stayed in bed. But that's just that's evidence that it's actually that the that it's working, that it's causing her bodies to create the her body to create the antibodies and get it to work. You know, the the thing is is just the people people will hear information and 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 when they have access to all this information, I mean, access to information information is a good thing, um, but. You also have to know how to deal with the information. So when oh when he's using theirs. So, so like so like so the problem like going back to like polio, um, you didn't have a lot of people probably taking that getting those sugar cubes. I guess they were the polio how the polio vaccine was administered. Um, I believe there was sugar cubes. I wasn't around at the time. I don't know. Um, but when you had you, you, you didn't have a lot of people having the opportunity, you know, they could, they didn't get lots of sources of information that would say, look, you know, here's what you should think about. Is this thing possible? Did this thing happen? You know, you know, people are saying, Oh, that is, you know, your immune system is better than, than whatever. Oh, I've had COVID. So therefore I can't get COVID again, which is one of the lies that is told um, about by people who want to fight the vaccinations. And, and, and so you, you didn't have the amount of people just feeding that cognitive dissonance, feeding the, the, the whole idea. You didn't give, you didn't give those, those paranoid ideas enough nutrients so they didn't have the time to grow. Now we've gotten so many people hearing things that sound plausible enough to them that it just gets hold in their, in their, in their brains and they don't want to let it go. And as I discussed I guess months ago now on the podcast, you know, you have a significant group of people in this country that, that it, they never want to admit that they were wrong. They never want to take the time to say, Oh, I've learned, you know, about, you know, I've learned about, about this something and here's a new fact. So therefore I'm going to change my view, change my mind. Um, there are people who do clearly, but there are people who don't. And, and so when, you know, when, when you have enough people who are, who are similar to you, who are kind of eggy, who are like, yeah, we don't believe that the election results are real. Yeah, we don't believe that the COVID virus is real. Yeah, we, you know, the biggest problem, again, I've said this before in a plan, the biggest thing, the, 
mistake that Donald Trump made. And I don't know if it was a mistake or not or whatever. Maybe it was purposeful, whatever. But is how he worded, he worded that the COVID-19 response was a Democratic hoax. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, crap, here we go. Because even though Donald Trump didn't say that the virus in and of itself was a hoax, his supporters, you're going to have enough of his supporters that are going to say, did you hear that? Donald Trump just said the COVID-19 is a hoax, and they're not going to want to do anything about it. They're not going to want to do what has needed to be done to protect ourselves, to protect everybody else. Now you're context. Context. There's context, Dan. As far as the hoax goes, it, we're, the supporters, Trump supporters, were talking about the severity of the virus, it being as deadly as they say it was. Not but the well, virus. It was actually it was deadlier. It was, but it wasn't. Yes, there is coronavirus. It, it was deadlier than they were than they were saying. It was deadlier and than that Trump was said problem. it was, because Trump admitted yeah. to Woodward in, his, in in the private interview that COVID nineteen is much different than the flu, even though outwardly Donald Trump was saying COVID nineteen is no worse than the flu. So he was saying two different things depending because Donald Trump is whether or not he is a good salesman or not. You know, I, I've said he's snake oil sales especially with all the hydroxychloroquine stuff um, and trying to, you know, get you to inject disinfectant in your body or whatever, but he's a salesman. And, and, and the one thing that, that he is a salesman is never going to want to do. He's never going to want to put anything out there that makes his brand look bad with. So he is going, always going to sugarcoat everything to the point where you have diabetes. He is always going to, to downplay everything that's why he fought testing. That's why he in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when he killed poor Herman Cain, that's why he said there in the speech that that he wanted he told so the people Herman to slow Cain down testing. I'm saying so holding a, I'm saying that holding a holding an indoor rally with maskless people in the middle of a pandemic was stupid. And well, yeah, Herman Cain was stupid for going. Herman Cain was stupid for going. Everybody was stupid for going. And and you know you know who probably saved a lot of lives that day? TikTok. How many people out of those people that went to the rally died? I know Herman Cain. Whether died, or not they specifically died, that became a but, but how, but how many got, you how can many actually look at, at the data. Rally. How many got sick at the rally? How many, how, many, how many took the, the virus from the rally and then went home from the rally and then got other people sick? There was a, there was yeah. a wedding that took place in Maine, I think it was. And there was, there was like maybe 50 people at this wedding. Nobody at the wedding died of COVID-19, but they traced about 200 deaths to the wedding because to of the people wedding. who then left the well, wedding I think and they spread it to other people. Of the rally, other than Herman Cain, I think that would have been announced for sure. That would it would have been a huge it, thing. It and was the just thing. like Pumpio. the Florida spring break. They they traced Florida's spring break to thousands of cases across the country with hundreds upon hundreds of deaths. So they've traced all of those things. And then every time people say, well, what about those Black Lives Matters rallies? Uh, they have traced some cases, but far less because most of those people were wearing masks most of the time. Um, also, really quickly while I get you, um, theirs. Uh, theirs is where Tucker Carlson and others is getting the number of 3,000-something cases. Theirs is an open-source reporting, which does not get verified by anyone 
uh, until after it's basically the claim has been made. So anyone can go on there and say, I know X amount of people who have died, and theirs will accept it as an answer. But the number isn't necessarily real because they go through and they look at it and go, yeah, no, these don't match the medical records. So Parker so, Carlson was quoting theirs, which is yes, and open source. Yes, and reporting system. I'm sorry. It's a CDC reporting system, and then they vet those. Yeah, those, um, but they're being made. he was going and by the pre-vetted numbers. That's how Johnson & Johnson was able to be put back onto the market again as far as um, yeah. be available. But he was going it. by the pre-vetted numbers. He was going by a uh, he was going by a particular day's reporting of 30 cases where 30 people basically had reported, and then he just multiplied that by the number of days that had gone by since the vaccine <laughs> to come up with 3,000. There there oh, was no report of like 4,000 cases. He went by theirs, took a number, did some fuzzy math, and came up with a giant number so he could get people to panic and watch his show. But unfortunately, now that information, which he should be liable for, honestly, he should be liable for anybody who gets sick because they don't get the vaccine. He should have some liability there. It's like screaming fire in a crowded building. You're spreading information okay. that is causing people to die. And anyone who what does about, that deserves the worst. It's not causing anybody to die. You're saying basically people can't think for themselves or investigate themselves. No, no, no. I'm saying can't. deliberately deliberately yes. like if you don't know the information's wrong then you don't know the information's wrong but if you knowingly put information out there that causes people not to engage in safe practices for public health which then causes the effect that other people are getting sick and dying then you as the person who is knowledgeable are should be responsible just like yelling fire in a crowded building if, if tucker carlson on his if, if, if tucker carlson on his wait, wait, wait if tucker carlson on his broadcast said um, seat belts are deadly. If you wear seat belts, you are going to kill yourself. It is much safer to drive without a seat belt. And then his listeners started dying in car wrecks because they didn't wear a seat belt directly from him. But, there but is he, a level of personal accountability, sure. But, but, but also but, there's direct responsibility as well. Tucker Carlson is, has, has said that we should uh, report children who are wearing masks to the uh, to the uh, child protective services or whatever like uh-huh. Dr. Carlson is 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 vehemently anti pushing to to do things that it, that encourages people to not behave responsibly during the pandemic based off of nothing the other other than he probably makes a lot of money in in advertising revenue because all of the people listen to him and believe him to be telling the truth, despite the fact that Fox News had to say in court as a defense to why they shouldn't be uh, paid, have to pay out a, uh, a a claim against that was made against things said in the show, was that his oh, show was this. purely for purely for um, entertainment purposes and was not to be taken seriously. Uh, but you so, have to be foolish to believe him. Right, but the, uh, but unfortunately, there's there's plenty of people. I'm looking here at a website. Uh, three weeks after Trump's Tulsa rally, Oklahoma reports record high COVID-19 numbers. Uh, so apparently three weeks after, you know, it takes, you know, two, three weeks for the virus to, to spread out. And after those two, three weeks, um, Oklahoma's numbers exploded. Uh, let's see, Oklahoma's epidemiologist um, warned of Trump rally deaths, um, as many as nine deaths. Uh, those nine deaths that came from the June rally directly 
um, that they could that they could track. So I guess nine people died from it. But here's the thing: the people on TikTok are the heroes of the story because the people on TikTok organized empty um, seats. Organized the thing where where they reserved so many seats in the in, in that arena that that they not only that they planned for and had to create outdoor viewing areas for it so that so to anticipate the massive surge of people that was never going to come because the people on TikTok were never going to show up but they were just claiming these seats so that the arena was probably much more what much less spar- much more sparsely much less crowded um much more sparse i, I would say uh than it would have been had these people not claimed up all these tickets because there was there was estimated to have I guess nineteen thousand Trump supporters show up and only six thousand showed up and maybe that's because these TikTok folks took up all the tickets and prevented it from being a packed house. If it was a packed house, hey, it might have been a lot worse. Hey Dan, I gotta take off here real quick. Uh, that was a brilliant move. I don't think that's what they had planned about saving lives. And um, I gotta go get dinner right now because I'm afraid my my wife to turn on the stove because at the moment. You are gaslighting so much that I think we're going to blow up. That's what you keep using. I do not think you know what it means. Uh, I love that. There was one time I was watching. I was watching. Um, was it Brian Williams? And normally Brian Williams is just straight, like deadpan, not funny, and just reporting of the news. And one and one night he ended the show. I think it was during the Texas power pro crisis with the Texas freeze. And he was like, uh, with the amount of gaslighting that the Trump administration has been doing, you would have enough power to be able to, you know, power the entire state of Texas. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Brian Williams just went there. That's awesome. Uh, I was like, I had to go find it and show it to my wife the next day. Cause it was, it was just amazingly done. So, but yeah, you know, you have, I'm trying to, trying to find any other, like what was the, I think Sturgis was the really bad one. Sturgis, COVID cases, 2020. Uh, that's not 2022. Um, 2020. You know, there's a polio um, vaccine that was, you know, given out. 120,000 children were, you know, given that polio um, vaccine. And it was called a cutter vaccine, cutter uh, polio. And um, 40,000 of those children got aborted polio with fever, sore throat, headache, vomiting, and muscle pain. 51 were paralyzed and five died. And that was when that first came out. And it, apparently um, in those days, polio or infantile paralysis was a terror, you know, because they were kids. They were like, oh, my God, I can't move. So, you know, they panic and cry. And they have pictures showing them in these, what is this? Placed in an iron lung, two-month-old Martha Ann Murray is watched by nurse Martha Summer at St. Mary's Hospital in Tucson, Arizona in 1952. So we've had no perfect vaccines, and as a result of that vaccine and the parents that sued, now we have this, um, uh, what do you call it? We're, if you can't sue the pharmaceutical company, but you sue the government, and then the government decides if you have a valid case, if there was an actual relationship between a vaccine and um, and the injury that you're claiming, and then they'll pay you. So we're paying well, for are, the pharmaceutical company. There are some to, things that you can sue pharmaceutical companies over, but there are some things that you can't, and that's because, you know, the government is basically saying, hey, you 
make these vaccines so that we can protect these people from from the virus. So and the and the, and the companies where normally I'm not going to be a, a you know somebody who's going to yeehaw and 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 be a I don't, I don't, bootlicker's not the right word. I don't know. Maybe there's a better word for it. I'm not. I'm not going to be sitting here being an apologist. There you go. Be an apologist for the for big pharma. Uh, but when it comes down to the to the to the, to the government saying, hey, we need y'all to, to pump out these vaccines, and we need to create all these vaccines in order to get the population protected, then yeah, maybe I can see there there being a protection of of you know from lawsuits and just money going into a fund instead, so that people can. Um, be compensated for any injuries that take place because yeah, there's no. You're right. There's no perfect vaccine. I don't think anybody. And, and that that's another I think issue that sometimes I will have uh, when discussing some of these uh, comp- issues with some conservatives. In that you know they're like just like again you know the bad math that's there. Like no I'm, nobody has, has suggested that any any of these vi- vaccines are perfect. Um, but sometimes these people are like, well, if it doesn't protect you a hundred percent, then it's worthless. Like, you know, nobody, you know, just because a, a condom is a hundred percent effective, it doesn't mean you shouldn't use them. Um, of course there's a whole friends episode about people realizing condoms are not a hundred percent effective. Um, and you know, the scientist on the show apparently freaks out because they didn't realize that it said it. On the package that it's not 100 percent effective but if we had better sex in this country you would and you know and you didn't have to learn that fact from friends and said learn that from your your sex ed people you would understand that no form of no form of pregnancy protection is 100 percent protective not one single version of pregnancy protection is 100 percent effective so um but you still they're still better than not using them <laughs> it's still better to use one than to not use them so it's still better to use the vaccine to use the vaccine and to not use the vaccines, even if they're not going to give you a hundred percent coverage. And, you know, yeah, there, there is a risk uh, that, that some people may have an adverse reaction to the vaccine. The risk of any one individual getting that vaccine of getting an adverse reaction is, um, is that you, you have, you can't give that too much weight as compared to the risk of what happens if you catch COVID what are you going to, what are you going to get? Or what happens if you catch COVID and then spread it to somebody else? And I think that's the thing that, that I think is. Has the vaccine, you don't have to worry about it because most people that are afraid of getting COVID will take the vaccine. And so, you know, for the most part, they're protected. And for the most part, they're protected. But here's the thing, like, like my biggest concern right now when it comes to COVID uh, is the reopening of schools completely in the fall. Um, because uh-huh. I have an eight-year-old kid, and there are kids who have died from COVID. Um, I also have a 12-year-old kid. Um, my 12-year-old kid went in for standardized testing. Uh, well, was this talked about last week or not? I think it might have been. Um, but the kid, he went in, and they were supposed to, you know, keep them in small, separate groups, and they were supposed to, you know, make sure that everyone was masked properly and being socially distanced. And when my wife went to go pick him up, uh, I think it was last Wednesday. Um, she saw that they were elbow to elbow at the table. Not everybody was masked up. Some people had no mask or whatever. Other people were not masked properly. And none of these kids had the opportunity yet to be fully vaccinated because not enough time had passed from the approval to let to let 12 plus year old kids get the vaccine and to 
the point where you would be fully vaccinated, which would be five weeks later. Um, so we hadn't reached that point yet. So none, not one person, not one kid in that building was fully vaccinated and the school failed to protect them. So if I don't believe that, if, if I've seen that the school is not protecting my 12 year old kid when he's not ability, able to be fully vaccinated, why do I believe that they would protect my eight year old kid? So you say, well, if, you know, if you're, if you're worried about getting the vaccine, the vaccine hesitancy shouldn't affect you. Well, there are people who can't get the vaccines. There are people who can't get the vaccine because their age group hasn't been hasn't been allowed approved yet to get to go ahead and to get the vaccine under the emergency under an emergency authorization. And there are the other people who are immunocompromised who literally cannot take the vaccine and rely on other people doing the right thing in order for them to uh, be protected. Because those are the people that need the herd immunity from enough people getting vaccinated the people who literally can't get it. So you have to create enough of a bubble so that, the vac- so that the virus itself has no chance of surviving and making it to those people who can't get the vaccine. But because we have so many people who are hearing all of these untruths about the vaccines and, and what they do and what they don't do, how they, you know, they, the claims that they rewrite your DNA, they don't. I mean, I heard from people back in January or when, when, or early February, when they just started talking about, you know, the possibility of a vaccine, people back then were already floating the idea that Bill Gates was going to put a microchip in the vaccine so that, you know, he could track you via 5G. Like that, that idea came early on in the pandemic. Why? Because, you know, somebody heard it on the thought on the internet and then they called into talk radio and the talk radio host was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let's talk about that more. And then it just multiplies like a virus. And unfortunately, um, the inoculation of dealing with that virus of untruths um, is hard to fight when it spreads so quickly. Uh, the, the virus of untruth spread much, spreads much quickly than most viruses that are out there. Um, and unfortunately, the people who get too much of those untruths are unlikely to want to vaccine for it which is to learn the data that shows why that information they initially heard was wrong. So, Well, Bill said it himself. It came from his word. I saw the interview, and he talked about inserting a chip to show that you've been vaccinated, and that chip would hold all of your medical records. So it was supposed to be more of a convenient type thing, and it would have like some type of um, infrared type, I don't know, you know those stamps that you get when you go into nightclubs that only read under those uh, blue lights or whatever? Um, it would right. be something like that. We had a complete conversation about it. So that's where that came from as far as the rumor. I mean, it wasn't like well, somebody just about it, it as a possibility for technology. But even if Bill Gates was talking about the possibility of creating some sort of microchip that people could use to be able to easily show their medical history, that that does not equate there's a microchip in the vaccine to track your movement like that's that's the thing it's like people take these these you know they hear something and then it turns into something that's completely different than what was originally said and then and as this spreads like wildfire you know the a lie makes it halfway around the earth before the truth wakes up and has breakfast so well not only the military our our military has um, come out and talked about DARPA um, already that they have, um, what do you call them, injected our military with chips 
um, that will detect whether or not they are sick or not. It monitors their health. I thought that was interesting. So okay, they're talking, but, but, the Pentagon creates microchips that detects COVID-19 and other illnesses. So even though it's not an injection with the vaccine itself, just the fact that these things are coming out, you know, are freaking people out. Um, when you have the, the actual vice president of Pfizer, um, he left, but uh, as far as resigned from there when this whole thing started, but he was recommending as far as people, just if you're, you know, it would be better for you to naturally get COVID and build your natural immune system over the vaccine. Um, and which he has an actual letter at the outset, Dr. Eaton said, I'm well aware of the global crimes against humanity being perpetrated against the large portion of the world's population. I feel great fear, but I'm not deterred from giving expert testimony to multiple groups of able lawyers like Rocco Galeci in Canada and Rainer Fulmick in Germany. Um, he has absolutely no doubt that we are in the presence of evil. Um, he is, oh, in the UK, it's abundantly clear that the authorities are bent on a course which will result in administering vaccines to as many of the population as they can. This is madness because if this agent agents are legitimate protection is needed only by those at notably elevated risks of death from the virus. And those people, there might even be an argument that the risks are worth bearing. And they are definitely risks, which are what I call, um, what is it, me mechanistic, um, inbuilt in the way they work. He's totally against the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine. He, he had resigned because of that. Um, as far as the, the natural former immunity. CEO of Pfizer is kind of a horrible human being, though. I mean, we're <laughs> talking about a company who, like, literally covered up the deaths of thousands of people from their headache medication. I don't trust Pfizer. I'll take the vaccine, but I don't trust Pfizer as a corporation because of that guy, because of the heart valves that thousands of people got that were faulty that they knew about, he knew about and cover it up. They've got like 40 years of bribery and cover-ups. I know that's not, you know, making a great case for the Pfizer vaccine, but the thing is the Pfizer vaccine was actually mostly, mostly developed by a company in Germany where Pfizer is just kind of like the assist. Like mm -hmm. a big portion was he was pissed off that they didn't get as much money out of it. And uh, I'm pissed off at Bill Gates because Bill Gates said, hey, the Oxford vaccine, don't make it open source. Don't make it so we can make as many people in the world get vaccinated as possible. Instead, privatize it and profit off of it, which is why now, right now, India does not have enough vaccinated people. The virus is running rampant there. The chance of mutation is therefore substantially higher, which then means that all of us who did the right thing to try to protect everyone else around us are once again going to be at risk if it mutates. The right. guy from that, Pfizer is a whack job. That's the other thing is that is that when you, when you, the less people that get vaccinated now, the more opportunities you give that virus to, to mutate. And viruses typically don't mutate and become less lethal or less contagious. Usually, yes, they do. I didn't say that they can't. I said they usually don't. They usually don't. Because usually they are, they're going to become more contagious and or more deadly now now if you become no. so deadly that you kill off the host too quickly then that's gonna then, then it dies out that way but but the, the mutation uh, itself comes from the original spike protein and when you only have a part of it creating another another version of it it is less and you can find that in any medical book 
look it up, call your doctor, I don't care. But when I asked my doctor about that, he said it's impossible because it's a part of the original virus. If it is stronger and it is more lethal, then it isn't part of that virus because it's a new virus altogether. Not a version of it, but a new one. That's a mutation. It's become a new thing. Not, not, not a new thing. It's a variant of the, of the original. And the only reason why the current virus, uh, the current vaccinations are so effective is because the current vaccinations are actually targeting the, M, the, the RNA. So the mRNA, the modified RNA, is going directly after the RNA of the virus, training the human body to go after the virus itself, like the core. The reason why flu shots aren't very effective sometimes is because the flu has a protective layer around it that fluctuates and varies. So the body has trouble identifying that outer layer, but we can never really vaccinate very well against that inner core. mRNA allows us to target the core, so the likelihood of a mutation breaking through the vaccine is much, much smaller now. But it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, I had a thought in my head, but I, I, I completely lost it. I was about to say something, and then just went right out my head. Um, Sorry. That's okay. But um, you've got two minutes left. I do have two minutes. Have two and a half. Two two minutes and fifty seconds left. Yes, because we we did a three hour show. A three hour show again with no planning oh, whatsoever. Oh, yeah. oh, Harvard study that said that uh, as far as the Harvard MIT uh, study that had just come out three on March. 16, 2021, that talks about the permanent um, change to your DNA from the mRNA vaccine. And then there's also the Nuremberg trials, where they're actually doing it again. But it can't change your DNA because it doesn't even permeate the nucleus of the cell, which means that's total bunk. That's a, there's pieces of that article that are misunderstood by the people who are reading it and grabbing it. Just like global warming isn't a term created by scientists, it was created by journalists who read one piece of a comment of a single 300-page-long document. I agree with that. The, the virus can't change your DNA. But the, but the other thing is that there is one thing to say. Like I did want to say that not all of the vaccines are mRNA. I don't think the Novavax, the one oh, yeah. I got, is mRNA. I think it's some, I think it's another. Neither is Johnson and Johnson. Neither is Johnson and Johnson. So if you're so people who are afraid of mRNA can go ahead and get the other ones that are not mRNA. But um, you know, and then there's the whole the one yeah, thing I did want to. With you. I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying yes. What you're saying is true. Right. Okay. So. I was like, some mutations can weaken weaken a virus, but it doesn't mean that all of them will. And if you if you get a virus, and these one some of these mutations that have happened have been shown to be more virulent, to be more contagious, to be more and 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 to infect different people. Uh, where's my audio? Uh, it's Wait, not there so much that the, the virus itself is more deadly so much as there's less protection for the virus, so therefore the effect is essentially stronger because your body is less prepared for it. Right, but but there's also maybe that some of the newer viruses has also impacted um, younger children differently than some of the initial one has done. So I started my audio late, so you're not going to hear the all heads audio, but we do have that in this week's episode of Liberal Man Radio. Off on the left, that's right. Tune in next Wednesday. Maybe I'll be a little bit more prepared with more bits and everything. But hey, we did a three hour show this week and it's with no prep and it seemed to go really well anyway. So until next week, 
This is Dan Zimmerman with Herbal Dan Radio. Alas, that's right.